Hi, and welcome to the Silverline Podcast, an audio version pulled from the video stream we do a couple of times a week. My name is Roland Mann, and I'm the head honcho at Silverline, where we have a great time making fun comics that we think you'll enjoy. This episode is titled Conventions, Part 2. It originally aired June 14th, 2020. Welcome to Silver Sunday. This is number two. I am your host. I am Roland Mann. I am, uh, well, my business card actually says head honcho uh, uh, of Silverline. So really that's kind of a, a kind of what I do. I kind of wrangle everything. Uh, but I am also the a writer of Cat and Mouse. Uh, I am the writer of the upcoming uh, Trumps and the upcoming as of yet unnamed uh, Miss Fury, uh, Champion of Miss Fury, which of course we have. Uh, someone here tonight who's drawing that uh, and so if you've been with us before you kind of know what we're doing but if you haven't then what I like to do is just kind of introduce everybody and then we'll we'll launch into our conversation tonight we'll be talking about conventions uh, mostly kind of what what it is to be kind of a creator at conventions but we'll talk a little bit about being a fan a bit fans as well but uh, before we get there I'll go through and I'll ask everybody to introduce themselves and Top of my list of murderers row here is Becca. Becca, tell everyone oh, yay. who you are. I'm first. You, you are first. <laughs> yes. Hi, I'm Becca Winslow. I am the anchor for Something Big, which is the name of the comic. I'm not trying to be all sneaky sneaky about that. Um, I'm also the colorist on Friar Rush and Marauder. And I said those two words correctly. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's me. Excellent. I, I'm a person. And, and next on my person list here is Curtis. Hello, Sifu I'm Curtis Fujita. <laughs> yeah, my, my alter ego, uh, Sifu Curtis Fujita, but here just Curtis Fujita. I'm a uh, concept artist, animator, illustrator, uh, Worked in uh, comic books, video games, and animation. I'm currently the editor on Kalis and the creative director at Silverline. Excellent. Next on my list of murderers row here, we're going to have to get John to turn his camera the other way because he's got that vertical horizon, horizontal thing going, right? John, tell people who you are. Uh, I'm John Martin. Um, I'm the resident Viking big big guy um i'm the inker for friar rush and that's pretty much all i'm doing right now <laughs> yeah at least yeah, for these you, folks but you, but you stay busy so that's good uh you, you talk talking about still talking about going out to las vegas right well yeah possibly yeah. okay so we'll talk about that because we'll be talking about conventions next on murderer's row here is barb barb tell folks who you are um, my name is Barb Kelberg. I am the inker on Cat and Mouse. I am the creator and the inker for Divinity, which just had a successful Kickstarter. I'm the colorist for Sirens and the CFO for Silverline. Whoops. Yep. I, I'm sorry. I just started the YouTube thing and the sound was coming in. I mean, it was a delay. And I'm like, ah, yes, you're keeping mighty busy and uh, possibly more busy. Possibly more busy. Possibly more busy. <laughs> yes. because, I'm, uh, because I don't have enough hats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Peter, tell folks who you are. Pete, actually. Well, yeah, I don't have as many strings to my bow as uh, as everyone else, <laughs> I think. But um, I'm Peter Clinton. Um, I am, I think, the only Englishman on the, you. You are indeed on the panel, and um, I'm the penciler for the upcoming, as yet untitled but working title is Champion and Miss Fury. Yeah, which yeah, we gotta come up, gotta come up with something clever with that. It works for me at the moment. Yeah, it, 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 at the moment it works because so we I'll know be, what we're uh, talking about, right? I'll be working on. I'm doing. A, I'm redrawing page two and three at the moment, or re, redoing the rough. So sweet. Might um, we get a. Might we get we'll a have a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that. Excellent. Uh, next up, Mike W. Belcher. Hey everybody. Hey Anybody Mike. Here? Make sure <laughs> you can hear me. Jeez. Yeah, we, oh. we can hear you. Okay, make sure. Uh, hey everybody, I'm Mike W. Belcher. I am the letterer and production designer for Silverline. That's right, and Mike also and I, does. Well, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not. Much I know. Of myself. Okay, well, listen, but... I, I, you know, this is a Silverline thing, and we are here to promote Silverline books. But Mike also is the creator, writer, and artist behind Man in the Mask. Man in the Mask, yes. And, and his his one collaborator on, uh, well, one regular collaborator on uh, Man in the Mask is his son Aiden, who colors all of Man in the Mask. Yes, he does very well too. Yes, he does. And also, and also Switchblade for so he, long. He sure did. Aiden colored Switchblade for us. So, and did a, 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 a dandy job on that as well. Very much so. Very yep. proud of him. But, yeah. John, John, glad to see you figured out the uh, the phone thing there. You look so much better here. <laughs> Are you sure people want to see me that well? <laughs> well, you know, we need to see you so we can say, what? Gordon's alive! <laughs> And last but not least is uh, Aaron Humphreys. Aaron, tell people who you are. Uh, I am the artist on the upcoming uh, Fire Rush comic, and um, I'm also an artist in my own comic, which I do online. And I, I have a little issue because so I keep passing these around. So I have like seven issues of my book done, which is exciting enough for me just to be able to see. So I'm still been on a high seeing your stuff in physical print is a high that most artists and writers can't ever get enough of. So that's my stuff, but the upcoming Fire Rush is the one I'm most excited about. Sweet. You know, I always say uh, artists are always uh, the most excited about their newest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People always say, well, what, what, what's your favorite work? Well, Whatever I'm doing now. Yeah, it's what I'm doing now. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not this thing I did 10 years ago that you keep bringing up, but it's yeah. this thing I'm working on now, right? Yeah. Uh, and behind the scenes is our uh, producer, technical guy, and it's my son Brett, who also streams as a Red Rider, who is in comp- He's since he's not going to get on, I'm going to have to to speak for him. He's in competitive games, and he um, they just spent the last three weeks in competitive gaming. They went uh, the first one, they won, advanced to the second one, the second one. They, when I say they won, what I mean is they placed, okay? Uh, and then the second one they placed, and then they moved on to the third round, and unfortunately they got knocked out this last round. But uh, they've only been together for about a month, a month and a half, something like that. So for a brand-new team to advance to the, the third round, I think there's about six total rounds. Uh, you know, His mom and I certainly think that uh, they've done fantastic as a, as a team, so we're anticipating great things. But he is behind – uh, behind the scene and t- tonight i'm actually going to try if you see me keep looking up this way uh i've got the chat open my my son taught me how to we we use this thing called a restream and a restream 
uh, is what is, gives us the ability to take it to Facebook, to uh, YouTube, and to, to Twitch all at the same time. And he showed me how to use this thing called Restream oh. Chat. And anybody who leaves uh, a message on any of them, I can see them. So I'm going to try to be active on the, the chat as well. Like I uh, see uh, uh, Wubba says hello. He says hola from uh, Wisconsin. Cody Johnson says hello. Uh, uh, my daughter just popped on from uh, Great Lakes over at. Cool. And then uh, Chris Lucas says, uh, can I see the man in the mask? So Mike, you want to hold up? A, do you have a copy of Man in the Mask? You can hold up there for them to see. Of course. Uh, <clears throat> excellent. Yep. Well, that's man in the mask. Um, and Available we'll do, at any point. Yep. What we'll do also, uh, Chris, uh, and the info here at the end of the stream, uh, I'll ask everyone to kind of tell where you can find them. And then uh, in the info, I will put um, put up all the links to everybody here. And then uh, Michaela Verts says, hey, guys. So uh, hello to all of you out there. So uh, keep the comments coming. Also, if you've got questions, go ahead and ask them, ask your questions. Uh, I will see them. I may not get to them immediately as we're in, you know, discussing things, but um, but certainly I'm going to see them tonight, and I'm going to try to get to them. Um, so before we get into uh, into our, our hot topic for the night, um, I'm going to do a little update on uh, Kickstarters since we have got uh, just finished one. The uh, Kalis Kickstarter, uh, for those, there's about five or six of you still waiting for uh, your rewards, and you're still waiting for those rewards because we don't have the artwork from Argentina yet. Uh, I have been in, in frequent communication with Lewis, who is still working on the books, the next books, by the way. In fact, uh, Brent tells me that they've got about 18 pages of, uh, of number three finished. So Kalis number three is very, very close to, to uh, completion. So they're still moving forward, but the post offices in Argentina are closed. So um, Lewis, uh, who is the artist, has driven around looking for uh, different post offices and has not been able to find one closed. And in fact, we tried to send a package down there and it came back to us that basically said Argentina is closed. Mm -hmm. um, and so as soon as they uh, reopen it, Lewis will get it, uh, get the package off to us and then we'll get your artwork and your comics off to you. Um, so we apologize for the delay. Uh, other Kickstarter is our Silverline Double feature, which was Divinity and uh, Twilight Grimm. Uh, we are waiting for the funds from a Kickstarter, but as you very well know, the book is done. So uh, as soon as we get the funds from Kickstarter, we'll be able to, well, actually, as soon as we get the funds from Kickstarter, I'll finish putting together the thank you page. And then once the thank you page is done, I will send that off to, um, to the printer and they will, they will get them printed and then shipped out to you. We've got a great relationship with the printer, so uh, I'm not concerned about delays there. Um, but uh, the signature cards are speeding their way along for autographs as well. Uh, so we don't expect any, of course, it's still really, really early for, for that one, but we don't anticipate or expect any delays. Um, I still don't have the package from Sarabia, though, that is coming from Mexico. So I'll need to follow up on that here pretty soon if I don't get that. Um, we do have a merch store that uh, people have been asking about. And Brett, do you see those photos in the Dropbox? They're, 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 they're called Merch Shot. And there's one, two, there's several of them here. So, um, so our seat, Okay. All right. So 
what I'll, I'll come back to the merch store then. So we've got a merch store. We've got some new things added. One or two things maybe have been requested by you. So uh, they are there. We'll come back to that and show you some of the new images from our uh, merch store. Um, and I think that takes care of the news. Now, on to the topic for the night. Conventions. Those are always exciting, and especially since we're in the middle of COVID lockdown, right? So I think the first question I want to ask everybody is, is what's the first convention that you attended ever? I mean, this, is, this goes back to like when you were still just a fan, before you are professional. What was the first convention you attended? Who did you go to see? Uh, and, and maybe a memory or two of it. Um, Becky, you're at the top of the list. Do you want to go first? I can go first. Okay, go first. Um... So I'm in New Jersey, like uh, right next to New York City. So the first convention I ever went to was New York City Comic Con. Um, I didn't go with any sort of idea or plan, which is a horrible thing to do if you're going to New York City Comic Con because it is insanely huge. There's so much going on. It was so overwhelming. And I only had a, a one-day pass. So it was me and my best friend just walking around so overstimulated and we didn't know what to do because a the the smells are just terrific there <laughs> and um i think they were doing construction on uh what's that building that they have it in that, the javits the javits center thank you uh they're doing construction on it so they had part of it shut down so it was smaller than it normally was so all these people were inside that are even crowded more so than they usually are because I've been there since when the other rooms were open and uh, I actually didn't want to go back ever to New York City Comic Con but because of being a Hubert student you have to go every three years um, but that was my first experience ever going as a, a fan to a convention. And I haven't actually been back to a convention, not as a fan since. I've only gone as an artist after that. Cool. Yeah. Well, once you go, I think, as a, as a professional, it's kind of hard to – I mean, you're still always going to be a fan of comics because mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of what you are is to get you there. But it's kind of hard to go just as a fan. I've had a couple of friends that invite me to come to their area. And I'm like, well, I need, you know, I've been trying to get up into a convention. They're like, well, you, you just attend as a fan. And I'm like, I could, <laughs> you know, I could. <laughs> uh, yeah. I kind of so, like going as an artist, though, because at least you have like a definite place to sit. Yeah. <laughs> at one yeah. point during it. And you don't have to queue up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they've become a, a lot worse, I think, uh, in the last, uh, what, 15, 20 years. Uh, they weren't lines normally weren't that bad until the rock star uh, era of uh, image um i mean it, it, uh, give an example and, and a couple of these folks can probably uh, remember as well um i i just walked up to stan lee and jack kirby at the marvel booths and just said hello to them and shook their hands and and asked stan lee to sign a comic for me uh, i didn't have to stand in line i didn't have to wait mm -hmm. you know i didn't have to pay 120 bucks to uh to 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 you know wait it for an hour to do it i just walked up um but yeah you couldn't do that the last the last decade um so yeah. it's 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 different um 
cool cool story uh curtis what about you yeah so um the first con i went to as a fan it was the uh, los angeles comic book and science fiction convention it used to be held at the uh, shrine auditorium uh, which is you know by where they do the uh, the film awards and stuff and uh it was it was amazing to go in there that was just before the dawn of um a lot of like uh anime and things like that being released in the u.s readily so i still recall going there and you had to buy video cassettes of these bootleg Japanese anime and it wouldn't even be subtitled they would actually have a synopsis on the case that told you what the episode was like and so you'd read the case and say okay this is what I'm going to watch and then you could watch the movie but it was uh it was a really cool convention and uh a little dingy uh but that's kind of I guess you could say some of the some of the charm of, of it so that would be my my first convention experience and, and there were a lot of um there were a lot of bootlegs kind of back yes. in the, 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 the <laughs> days right I mean <laughs> Uh, of course, this was really kind of before uh, DVDs and stuff, but I, I remember like table after table of uh, all these bootleg VHSs, mm-hmm. you know, all, all these all these uh, VHS tapes of, of uh, you know, what we what we now consider cult movies, uh, cult classics. Uh, I know there's a lot of anime uh, at, at the time. Oh, uh, fanzines, too. Fanzines. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sold fanzines at those things. Yeah. Um, John, what about you? What What's first uh, convention you ever went to oh god first one i ever went to uh was mid-south comic-con here in memphis and that's actually the first time i met mitch and dean um the, do, you, do you remember what year that was jesus by, um, any, by <laughs> any any chance if you need to count your fingers, that's okay. I do that too. <laughs> no, I have to. I think the year before I decided I wanted to go pro, so probably about six, seven years ago, something like that. Wow, possibly twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I was at that show. <laughs> I was at I was at the Mid South Con in twenty fifteen. Uh, Dean actually sent me a picture uh, from that year, and I'm like, Dean, I've got a picture of us. Uh, me and Dean and um, Mitch and Jim Hall uh, from from 2015. And uh, that's that was my first like portfolio review, and yeah. it just kind of went from there. Wow! Wow! Uh, Barb, your first show? Oh well, I did. I went to several science fiction conventions down in Chicago before I turned my sights to comics. Uh, so those don't really count, but um, I, I decided I wanted to become a, a comic book artist. And so in 1987, my aunt used to be a troubleshooter for computer programming, and she had all these uh, airline miles racked up uh, points. And she goes, I'll send you. Where do you want to go? And I'm like, I just picked the biggest one. I said, I'm going to go to San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> And get a job. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. So in 1987, I went out there and had no idea what I was doing. I was a complete geek and, and, and took everything I shouldn't have taken. Um, but I, I sat in on a bunch of seminars that were really good. Um, the best one was from Dick Giordano, and I took notes like my life depended on it. Um, Went back home, practiced for a year, and came back in 1988 and got a job uh, as an anchor. And in 1989, I was being published at Malibu. 
or eternity and then venture malibu that's fast yeah that's fast wow um uh, cool uh peter what about you well over here um <laughs> we had uh, we don't have obviously have as many conventions as you guys but um we did for a while we had something called the london super comic con which was really good it was big and it was you know focused on just comics not movie stars or tv stars or anything like that um they were really trying to emulate the big american conventions uh, like new york but the first year they did it they got stan lee to come over <laughs> um they paid him i understand a quarter of a million pounds oh, whoa to come over um and the queues the queues to see stanley were hours long hours long but i bought a vip kit and it cost me a lot of money um but i was working in the city at the time so i had the money to spare and it meant you got to you got you got to meet and greet with him basically after the show you got to go to a you know a small q a session with him um and that was awesome. Uh, and that was the first convention. They had, uh, had all these big American artists and English artists and writers. It was cool. And they ran that for about three years, I think, before finally, I think the, the people who owned it fell out and uh, it fell apart. But um, that was the first one. And then I, after that, I went to New York and got a ticket for a day there. And that 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 was an eye-opener. Then I saw how, how big <laughs> how big they were compared to yeah. the English ones. Oh, and that's yeah. nothing compared to San Diego. Oh, I know. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I first started going to that to San Diego, it was 30,000 people. And the last time I went, it was 150,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. But yeah, so that, I had a, my first, my first conference uh, experience was with Stan Lee. So that was cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, I just, uh, I just realized that we, we're not, we don't have any art up here at the same time. Who wants to share their art first? Becky, you want to share first? Okay. <laughs> Rhett, Becca's about to start sharing so get her on half the screen there uh, Mike W what about you what was your first convention uh, it was probably around 93 or 94 um, you know cons in Kentucky were very few and far between so well and not uh, just Kentucky you're, you're part of Kentucky too right well you know sometimes <laughs> they don't think eastern Kentucky is part of Kentucky kind of weak <laughs> We're kind of left out of a lot of stuff, but uh, Lexington had one in 93 or 94, and they had David Prowse and Kevin Van Hook. Wow. And so I kind of I ran there because, you know, that was, I think, value was pretty much hot and heavy right about that time. And, you know, I had a couple of ideas, and I thought, well, you know, Kevin Van Hook, in addition to being a writer there, was also an editor there. And so I thought, you know, but he was extremely nice, but, you know, he basically told me that it was not the place for him to you know look at some of my stories i guess he was afraid that maybe someday i would say that he stole an idea i don't know i, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what the pro i didn't know what the protocol was you know like i said they were very few and far between them yeah and so i, I you know I, but uh it was a nice time i i was really you know it was more focused on just getting some ideas and he like i said he was extremely cool he he, he was extremely cool about some things when i asked him questions so that was that was very nice, but it was a long time after that before I went to my next one. So it was it was pretty good memory. Wow, yeah, pretty cool. Aaron, what about you? Um, my uh, I'm sorry, I'm just like watching Becca Inc. I'm sorry, I'm just kind of mesmerized. It caught me mid mid thought, like hmm, interesting. Uh, no, she's doing good. I'm just watching her. Uh, 
Um, no, I, our conventions in Washington, there was one that ran for years called Second Genesis. And I think I went in middle school. So I'm thinking it was 88, 89, probably the year after Barb went to San Diego a few years. Not, and it was, it was a flea market uh, sort of convention. If you were trying to ask me, remember the exact first one I went to? I don't remember. I used to go to these things like every year. So they all can jumble together in my head. Um, but it cost like, you know, six bucks to get in and people sold little toys and comics. And it was pretty low key. Um, but it, went, it I think it was dissolved years ago. I still miss it. It was it was really fun. But again, like you said, there were no lines to meet creators. Hardly any. I mean, if there were lines, it was like maybe three people in front of you. You know, it, there was nothing like today. Uh, conventions are so different today. Um, the uh, They still kind of have a little bit of the flea market, but there was much more <laughs> of that in the one I went to. Where And the bootleg, they sold tons of bootleg videos. And people brought like their old toys from kids and sold them. And so, but they sold lots of comics too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like, uh, like a couple of you, uh, I don't remember my, I don't remember the year of my exact first one. It was probably mm-hmm. around 83. Um, but it was, it was not a convention that had a guest. It was a convention in the bottom of a hotel uh, that was just full of comics. And it, I mean, they, they, they promoted it as a comic book convention. And when you, when you went in again, it was just a, uh, you know, uh, uh, a big lobby, not a lobby floor, um, uh, like a dining hall that's in the bottom of a, 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 a hotel, right? You, you, yeah. That's where our, our, our proms were held in, in, in uh, uh, hotel, uh, what are the grand ballrooms or whatever they are. This is where it was. It was just full of comics. And I just remember walking around going, wow, this is amazing. And it was, uh, it was one local to Jackson. And then I know I went, uh, I went the next year and there was actually a local person uh, with their comic. I still remember it. Uh, it was called the Cobra and it was done by a couple of guys who ran the comic shop. And when, then in 86, when I went down to uh, college, down to, down to uh, Hattiesburg, to college i met some other comic book geeks and then we started going to comic shows down in uh, new orleans um that's where the first one i went and met creators i met uh, bob burden of the flaming carrot i met uh, uh mark silvestri um i met uh, klaus jansen um and this was a convention i still remember i think this was 80 this was either 86 or 87 nobody went uh, it was on the wrong weekend for the for the city, and so everyone was out doing something else, and no one went to the convention. And we just sat. Oh, oh, and uh, Marshall Rogers got to meet Marshall Rogers, uh, and we just sat, hung out with them. You literally could just pull up a knee and sit there and talk to them because nobody was getting in the way. Um, and that was uh, uh, that was great because you know there were a handful of really big uh, creators that. Uh, took their time to talk with us and um so so that was that was a lot of fun um so what about uh let's think about some other things what has been your uh what what about celebrities anybody had any sort of run-ins with celebrities at conventions and and i mean you tell positive and negative ones like are you talking comic book celebrities or just celebrities like movies or anything well let's 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 say not comic book celebrities uh let's let's talk about the the, the media celebrities since they seem to be so so all 
powerful these days at conventions. I don't really consider a lot of comic book people celebrities. I, I know that someone say, might say, oh, well, Todd McFarlane's a celebrity. Okay, well, I, I, I get that, but I don't think of Todd McFarlane as a celebrity. I think well, about, he's a, Yeah, he's a celebrity yeah, within his own community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that that whole way back when everything was more relaxed and laid back um, thing, uh, when I first started going to San Diego Comic-Con, and I went um, all through the 2000s, uh, started going in 1987, like I said, um, you would run across the people from the original Star Trek, like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, George Takai and, and Walter Koenig and and you'd be standing on the um the shuttle line waiting to get on the shuttle bus to go back to the hotels with them and mm. the, you'd be like hey how was your day <laughs> oh I'm exhausted I know I know right isn't that something and it was it was just natural and normal you yeah. wouldn't think anything about it uh one time I sat and did signings all day and I was next to the cast of I don't even remember what science fiction show is might have been Babylon 5 for all I know um, and it, I didn't even, you know, it didn't even cross my mind that I'm not to say, oh my God, mm, yeah. you know, yeah. we were all sat in, in, um, long eight by eight tables in the artist alley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote, it's just kind of, kind of, kind of placed there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to be next to, when I did Rose City, I've been next to the huge, um, celebrity. I would just go look at him. I didn't even, I didn't really run into him that much because he kind of stayed. But I mean, I, there was, I think it was Anthony Michael Hall and they had the, the other gentleman who started in Weird Science there. Those are the two that we walked, I, I took somebody I knew, walked up and met them. But I've always been, I mean, I haven't, I think I'm trying to think, I don't think I've run in, had the, any weird sort of, I did see George Takai at San Diego. I think one time in the crowd it's just it's funny you bring up George Takai I'm like yeah I saw him in a crowd like the guy's just everywhere I guess uh, <laughs> yeah it's like okay it, um, it, it did. oh sorry go ahead Bill Moomy and, and Miguel Ferrer used to be in a band called Seduction of the Innocent and they used to play all the time at uh after parties at San Diego yeah what my my one regret regret is uh well one of my regrets about San Diego is I never got to hear them I would have loved to have uh, loved to have heard them. Yeah, because Steve Lialoa, however you say his last name, yeah, he they he was with them. Yeah, yeah, that guy, he was with them too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so what about it? Anybody else? I know, Mike. You got to be careful since you kind of uh, you kind of also involved in the con making. Yeah, I'm actually the the celebrity guys. Uh, that's pretty much somebody else. I, I I focus on getting guys like you. I'm the comic <laughs> geek. I'm the comic geek. When I gotcha. when I go to, when I go to another con, that's who I'm out there to see. I'm usually here to, to see the celebrities. But as far as run-in, there's actually a funny story. Uh, my wife Carrie, she actually has a run-in story because she almost ran over Dean Kane at a Wizard <laughs> World in Louisville. And but he was extremely cool after you know he he, he caught himself. But you know she was going through the crowd and we of course wouldn't have expected somebody just walking through the crowd and she turned back to say something and then when she turned back around there was Dean King so she had to run in but um, as far as me uh, I said I'm a comic geek I'm usually if I go anywhere and then again as, as you've probably seen at Potville I, I fraternize with you guys so. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah um, yeah um, so anybody else Any Curtis you yeah. look like you got yeah I, go ahead yeah I I had, it was kind of funny because, um, you know, I mean, other than just 
seeing them in panels, but it was actually in the last maybe six or seven years or so, I was at a, a small convention in Ventura County, the Ventura County Comic Con. And um, I was at a booth and on my right was a gentleman by the name of Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa. He was the Shang Tsung villain in the Mortal Kombat movies. And he had a booth next to me. And on my left was the rest of the Honky Tonk Man uh, from the WWE. And so, and they were just super cool and super chill. And I got to spend the whole weekend just talking to Honky Tonk Man and uh, this uh, this famous uh, villain actor. So not not necessarily a list, but it was it was a, it was a fun experience. Yeah. I spent, I think, two hours in, in a, the after uh, con bar in Chicago with uh, Luz Frigno one year just <laughs> talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I know I, I've never had any, I've never had any negative, um, uh, I have never had any negative experiences with, with uh, celebrities at conventions. Uh, lost sound, uh, Brett. I, I'm seeing that we maybe have lost sound on YouTube. Uh, I never had any negative. Uh, mine have always been pretty positive uh, with celebrities at conventions. Um, now I have to say at conventions because you know <laughs> there, there there may be negative stories, but they don't have to do with conventions. But I want probably one of my coolest um, is when I was at. Uh, Dragon Con in the early 90s. I, can't, I don't remember exactly what year. It might have been 93, um, 92 or 93 or something. I get on an elevator and I'm standing there and in walks Ray Bradbury. And I, I literally, I, I look at him and I'm like, holy crap, you're Ray Bradbury. <laughs> he looks down, he looks down at his tag, puts it up, looks at it. And he goes, holy crap, I am. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. <laughs> just like oh my goodness so you know it was a it was it, the thing about it is my reaction it was a it was it wasn't planned it was a genuine audience reaction yeah. there's ray bradbury you know and um well he yeah. caught you by surprise he did i mean i'm yeah. on the elevator I, I i you know if it'd been in the 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 assembly hall or the convention hall or whatever it is yeah. it might not have been a surprise but it's ray bradbury on the elevator and i'm like oh my gosh it's, you know um yeah so uh you know i i went into the green and i I'm, i can't remember his name right now i went into the green room at um some show in missouri a, a little bit little show in missouri probably it's the only show i've ever done in missouri ever I'd, I'd like to get back there sometime not to that show but to just to missouri um and i sat there and talked with a couple of guys who were also in there and there were i mean the, the green room had like potato chips and really nothing and i was kind of wanting a little finger sandwich you know and talked with this guy that had like earrings and some tattoos and stuff like that really nice guy i just assumed he was one of the artists there right come to find out he was a, he was a lead singer in some uh, some band that everybody knew and i'm like oh yeah i i talked to that guy for a bit he was really cool you know and they're like well you talked to him like i didn't even know who he was right um yeah, so uh, that that was that was pretty. Neat. I wish I could remember. I, I have to do the research. I'll go back and look at that that convention and see um, if I can if I can remember who he was. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna before I ask the next question here, uh, Wubba, um, Wubba has a question for the group, uh, which is gonna have to be probably more for the artist. And it says this question is: Do you prefer the sharp line of ruler? Or the more organic feel of freehanding straight lines for bricks and such. 
Um, he's referencing what Becca's this. doing right yeah, now. Yeah, he's yes. got to be, be watching Becca. Actually, so. uh, perf- I like what I'm doing right now. I'm doing shading, so I like to initially start with straight lines, especially when I'm penciling or drawing it out. That way, you have it straight. But I always like to go back in and give it that organic look because you want to keep the perspective. And when you're doing bricks and anything like that, it's showing the perspective in it. So you want yeah. to keep true to the perspective. And once you do that and have that solid foundation, then you can go in and do some free line and more organic stuff. Yeah. When I when I do bricks, I uh, it, it, um, I I used to do every brick like what Becca is doing now, and then I just found it was too distracting to my eye. Um, so I would I would break the bricks up in the little stacks to give it you know indication that there's bricks there. Um, it was a little easier, and then, but that's just me. Every time people make specific patterns in art, my eye draws to the pattern more than the subject yeah. matter of the panel. So I think. For me, um, I'm extremely anal, so I like my really straight lines, unless we come to things like bricks and rocks. And um, in, I'm an old-fashioned inker. I use a brush 90% of the time. But for bricks, I will break out the crow quill because it gives a rougher drag uh, and a, a more natural feel, and I will freehand it. Well, we could just all sit here and critique what Becca's doing. You can critique me. That's fine. <laughs> she's like, I'm whatever, man. <laughs> I'm a QB. I'm used to it. Because she's been yeah. used to being raked over the coals, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think uh, if you use them, um, you should use the ruler, or I do, in your pencil stage. Then once you you go to your inks, you, you, can, you can freehand it, basically. It yeah, gives that's it what more, I do. It gives it more of an organic uh, feel. Um, that's what i do a lot too exactly even though though i I, i'm not the artist i will say as an editor when i'm looking uh if it's really clear someone doesn't use a ruler i got issues with that um because um because you know a ruler is one of your tools that that you should use and if if i can see that your brick lines look like i drew it then then i i find that problematic because you know it's like if I could draw the wall, then why why aren't I doing it? Why aren't I mean? You're supposed to be the artist with the tools. You know what I'm saying? It also uh, depends on the distance. If the if the bricks well, yeah. are in a far distance, I'll use a ruler because nobody's going to notice that far away. Yeah. If it's if it's a brick wall that's supposed to be a block away, nobody's going to notice if it's mm-hmm. if it's uh, organic or not. But if the bricks are real up close, I want them to yeah. look organic. Yeah, I also think it probably uh, sometimes the style of the story uh, right. and the artist can, can the, the style of the artist sometimes can can determine that as well. You know, right? Whatever, whatever fit uh, mm-hmm. definitely it fits that. Um, more, I was gonna say something, lost my train of thought. That, that's, that's typical. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, okay, look, no. Listen, I hate to, you just you have a case of OLD and that's okay. <laughs> Uh, John or Mike, what do you guys think? Got got opinions? Oh, well, I mean, they... <laughs> Not both of you at the same time, but yeah. You know. John, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, they pretty much covered everything I would have said. I mean, <laughs> if it's far away, I'm going to use a ruler. If it's up close, I'm going to just kick it with a brush. Uh, or, or unless, you know, I'm 
inking over somebody like Chris Bruce where it has to be his pencil work is so freaking straight. I think he, when he does buildings and stuff like that, I think it's like you kind of have to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Mike? That's what I was going to say. I had a teacher, when you were talking about using rulers, Roland, I had mm-hmm. a teacher that would, like, he was an illustrator, and he would, he said something to the fact, like, only only amateurs use, like, rulers or stencils. And, and I, I was just like, what and he <laughs> he would he had this sort of exercise like i practice was talking on the phone and he would draw two lines and then practice drawing from one one dot to the next dot like he would just draw these lines between these two dots that's what it was these two dots and it's like that way you could practice drawing straight lines and i'm looking at him like yeah but you have rulers and st-. i mean he would <laughs> yeah. practice drawing He's circles like why you practice drawing circles you have stencils it's like a basketball this. player practicing putting up the net yeah it's like what? Why? See all of those? You see all of those? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are all templates lined up on my yeah. drawing board. You might make my teacher go weak in the knees or something in a bad way <laughs> yeah. if you saw those. Well, you know, whenever I, when I, you know, I, I, as you might imagine, as an as an editor, I saw lots of uh, submissions, and I was surprised, uh, continually surprised at the number of artists that that submitted work, and they clearly didn't use you know rulers or you know french curves or tools like that and i used to always think you know i wouldn't want you yeah it's like i wouldn't want a carpenter yeah. you know eyeballing my house wow well, this one looks about right let's put this one up there it's like no you have tools for a reason you must use yeah. them mike yeah. what about you i'm definitely a ruler uh but on other things i'll 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 go freehand with it but usually with bricks and buildings and things like that i i definitely depend on the ruler and depend on the straightness Mm -hmm. of it but again i'll when it comes to cars lately i've been instead of using something that'll help things look you know technical or whatever i've been doing a lot more uh freehand stuff and 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 i usually go by if i i like it usually it's by eye so that's kind of the way I go with most things, but yeah, but uh, I'll depend on a ruler when it comes to things that are very geometric. Yeah. Good question, Wubba. Thanks. Um, well, so back to conventions here. John asked us a question. He says, uh, "I did." Excuse me. Uh, excuse me, John, on the comments here. Uh, <laughs> our, our, our old pal John Medic. He says, "Has anyone ever paid for a table?" and was told that they would get spot X, for example. But when you get there for the setup night, you learn they moved you to the worst possible, off the beaten path, almost in Siberia, banished area instead. Yes, the Huber table. (laughs) (laughs) Every year. Really? Yeah, they they always, like, you know, shove baby in the corner. Yeah. So, all right, so here's a question I have about the Cubert table, though. Is that a, a, does Cubert pay for that, or is that, that's probably a comp table from the show, right? I think the school is one of the sponsors of the con. Um, Obviously, it's part of that. Really? I don't know what. So, if the Cubert school is is a sponsor, why do they get stuck in the back? This this last convention, my my third year, last year, we, we were, we were right at the back, and opposite us was Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, um, the big DC guys. Art Germ was behind us, and the Art Germ queue round, round in front of our table. Um, I mean, he did really well that con. Yeah. He didn't actually charges for a commission, and his queue didn't ever I'm in get a... short. 
I'm in a group or two in which these these groups worship Art Germ. And I'll yeah. be honest with you, the first time I, I I heard it, I didn't know who they were talking about. I'm like, what the heck's Art Germ, right? I thought this was, I thought <laughs> it was actually a studio. Really well, that's that's what I've, I've I've learned is like I thought it was a studio or something, right? But these guys kept talking about in this group kept talking about how great Art Germ was and how they got this cover and everything. And I'm like, what the heck? It's like I have I don't know. I, I I'm I'm maybe I'm, I'm I'm so old that I have a problem calling someone Art Germ. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, got a name. Is it Mike or John or Paul or Ringo? What what the heck's your name? Bob. I've I've always gotten the table that I wanted, but there are times when I my eight foot little one one table has been stuck across from um, a print company oh. that's that has got like five <laughs> tables and they're 50 foot high uh, yeah. Yeah. um display and and any everybody who turns into the into my aisle never even looks at my table because they are so focused on this massive display that i might as well have been invisible yeah yeah strange enough yeah. Have the same sort of thing in an opposite way i i always got the the table i guess i was assigned but for some odd reason i've had like almost three conventions where people next to me don't show up so I have empty really? seats, right? And I had a few, and I and I still don't get like you know. So because I mean they're like three hundred dollar tables sometimes, like so you just drop three hundred and don't care because there's a certain point you can't get a refund. And so a lot of times I would have these extra tables and I would try to fill them up with my art or something because when people walk down they they feel like it's the end of the convention. Oh, there's only one or two guys here. We're at the end of the convention. Let's turn around. So. I dealt with that a lot. Like I was just like, maybe it was me. Maybe they just saw my name next to him. They're like, I ain't going there. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but I had that nobody. happen more than once. I'm a nobody, so I was always. Yeah, ninety percent of the time, my tables are comped, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, I was gonna say, I um, I I I don't attend shows anymore. Um, where I I pay for the tables, so I I. I don't really know. Um, I haven't. I haven't done that in years. Uh, but I will say this: I have been invited to a show, and so one of the things, because we're so far in Florida, one of the things that, that I've tried to do in order to help shows uh, LA cost, because I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not an A or B B tier uh, draw. Um, and so what I've tried to do is say, hey, you know, if you're interested in having me. My buddy over here is also an artist, and we'd you know be happy to share the drive up. We'll split a hotel room, you know that kind of thing. And and a lot of times conventions are like, oh, you know, well, I'm already gonna, you know, if I'm gonna get you up, I've already got to pay for gas, I've already got to pay for a hotel room, and you're telling me all I really need is one extra table, and I can get two. I'm like, yeah, you know. So I find that a lot of conventions are are more apt to do that, right? And I'm always very clear each of each of us need to have a table. Okay, Jeff Whiting and I, uh, you know, Jeff lives not not far, uh, and he and I've drawn uh, driven to uh, a bunch of shows. Uh, we we drove, I want to say, fifteen hours one day to a, a show up in West Tennessee. Okay, long drive, way up there, right? Um, so we get there and we get into uh, <laughs> love you, John. Um, and we get into uh, we get into the show, we're pulling our stuff in there. The guy says, "Okay, I got you two guys on a table at the back." I'm like, "Back's fine, whatever, you know." And I'm like, what, you, "He said y'all are good with sharing a table, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh no, 
I didn't drive. I love Jeff, right? I didn't drive 15 (laughs) hours to share a table with him. I'm like, can you see how much I've got on my dolly here? No, I I can't fit that on a, you know, a three foot space. Um, And the guy literally swore at me. This was the guy who had invited me up, invited Jeff up, and he literally swore at me uh, for that. And I'm like, okay, I can leave, you know, if if uh, if you don't have yeah. the room for me to this show. He goes, I'll figure something out. And and uh, so Jeff and I stood in the in the lobby for um, about ten minutes, and he and then he uh, uh, the Brightweisers were there. Um, so he had literally he had to kind of catty corner tables over the the exit uh in the back the fire escape exit in order to get me and jeff both in there he just he you know what it what it what it amounted to is that he just oversold his tables you know someone probably came up at the last minute and said i want to go here's money for a table and he said okay great you know and then he just gave our tables I, away or a table I think, away. i think i know what you're talking about roland no, you don't. That was a different one, and I that that's uh that's a very no no. I experience. think I know about that one because I, that one right there, I tried to get a table at, and I, I was told that there wasn't any available. So I doubt that's what happened. Is it? Is it? It's a city that's almost direct. You're in Memphis, right? I know what you're talking about. It's a yeah. city directly in Memphis. Yeah, of uh, North. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there was the well. There was also the incident uh, there at the at, at your local Memphis show that that uh, Thomas Floramonte and I drove all the way up there. And they tried to put me and Dean Zachary and Thomas Floramonte all on a table, or may, may might have been two tables. Uh, but I'm like, no, we drove all the way from Florida here for to get here, and you said we each had a table, you know. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's frustrating to get to get there, and and you know, you've got all these email exchanges uh, between you and and a convention uh, host. I will say, and not just because he's here. We've never had this issue with Pikeville. Absolutely, <laughs> never, never had the issue with Pikeville. Um, and, and you know, we took a we took a big van up to F- Pikeville one year, which was a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, uh, so any any other stories about uh, tables or or that? Because I kind of want to get to talking about setting up your actual table. Uh, I was always in. I'm always put off in the back anyway because I'm the I'm the new guy. <laughs> well i i think i i think these days it's not unusual that the comic guys the comic creators get put in the back this year's been frustrating for me because i mean in the 90s when i was the it girl and doing two or three books a month for everybody and their dog um i was floating around a lot and then you know things fell off and then finally this year wizard world said they wanted to sponsor me at all their shows and then COVID hit. Yeah. So, so you, you had all these great shows you were headed to, and then and then yeah, I had like two books, two it. two shows a month between Wizard and RockCon and MightyCon um, all through the year, and they've all been canceled. So, so uh, who else is Arton tonight? I see I see Pete's uh, Arton, uh, John or Aaron. Are you guys? No, not Barbie, no? No, uh, not right now. No. Okay. I'm doing. I'm so, I'm inking some stuff. Firebrush, but I do it by hand. Okay. So, uh, Pete, you want to share screen? Sure, sure. I'll pop you up for a little while. Yeah, you can just kick me off. No, cool. sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, Becca, uh, we're tired of watching you draw bricks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> you ever? Uh, you ever get in, on something like that? Do you ever get tempted to use the? Um, um, the little clone tool to like clone a whole bunch of bricks. 
I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's what yeah. I would do. I mean, I would do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I'm like drawing it, yes, I oh, would. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, like going in and inking it, like as I'm going back in and like erasing, kind of giving it a more organic look you want more uh, of an organic look you don't want a copy paste kind of gotcha feel so um so brett i know that we just stuck uh pete up there but um i think if i understand it correctly you can pop some images up without kicking any of that up we've got a couple of uh, pictures here uh brett that are labeled uh con um look for uh look for con aaron and pop him up there. So what I want to talk about a minute uh, for a minute now is let, let's talk about how do you set up your table, right? Because part of part of the challenge as a creator, you know, being on the the, the creator side, uh, is how do you set your table up? And I've been to shows where I've rearranged my table three or four times, you know, especially those that are a little bit slow. And the first day goes by, and you're like, yeah. nobody looked at anything. I'm going to rearrange everything, and it looks like a new table tomorrow, you know. So, um, so I think the first one of you is going to pop up there is Aaron. Uh, Aaron, talk about your your. Brett, you can go ahead and make it uh, really big. Um, so I'm not sure. I can't. I can't see the exact picture. Okay. I see him drawing, but I don't see the exact. So picture. I don't know how to. You, do you have your messenger open, Aaron? Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I have messenger, and I could do that. So what? Just show me the exact. Yeah, if you could just even like get me the. Uh, yeah, this is the one he's showing right now. Okay. Um, so yeah, so really, we just do, we just kind of want to talk about some of uh, so what you have on your on your table, and why you made the decisions to do what you did. Barb, you'll be next. Okay. Yeah that that was uh, that was a Rose City, and um, I'm just gonna look at the picture on here. So if I'm staring at the screen. I'm, yeah. I'm I hope <laughs> you guys just don't leave me. It's like now everyone leave the meeting. Um, <laughs> No, I, I actually set up the portfolio, but I try to mm-hmm. split my table down the middle. So if you actually look at the band of my Roscoe's, my kid's book, that's one side. My Goblin's comic is one side. So I actually have like two areas. Then I put my portfolio with my, um, you know, prints or whatever I wanted to sell in the middle. And then I have a bowl of candy. We always brought candy, which actually seems to be a big winner. Uh-huh. Uh, for some people. And then I made that banner. So I try to make it this, like I put the, I printed the banner in the front and but yeah, I tried to have a picture and those banners are small. I thought my banners in the back were big until I got to the convention and I like was dwarfed by these, like you can even see the banner behind me. It's like this yeah. humongous. I'm like, okay, apparently my stuff is, you know, but it, it worked. Yeah. But that's also, usually how I set things up. I have found uh, lately too, that uh, some folks sneak those banners up on like a, a crate or a, a yeah. tub or something to, to jack them up. I actually um, did that. I figured I put it on some boxes or a chair. One of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, what's the thing on the left there? It looks like an open book. Yeah. So the thing on my left—that's my uh, kids' book. It's okay. a hardback. My oh, um, it's, so it's a big hardback then. Yeah. So it's and I have another one published now. So I have a kids' book, and um, my my uh, friend at the time was like, "No, put a bunch of them down. And look like they're being sold." And then I put my comic books in this little plastic stands, yeah, see that. like uh-huh. magazine stands you can buy at like Office mm-hmm. Max or something. And that's yeah. right there. So yeah, cool. Uh, so we're gonna go over kind of the, a couple of tables first, and then we're gonna they're gonna talk a little bit about uh, why uh, or how you approach uh, people. Uh, Brett, the next one is uh, Barb convention setup. 
if you'll uh, if you'll pop that up. And Barb, I think you only sent me one convention setup. You sent me pictures of the San Diego floor, but uh, I think you only sent me one. Yeah, that was just setup. give people an idea of what a big con looks like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in case you don't remember which one you sent me. Um, there's I do. Pictures. I'm, okay. I'm also so. watching it on my iPad. I've okay. got two screens. Good. So. Good. All right. So, so talk to us a little bit about what you've got on, what's on your table, and why you chose to to put the things there that you did. Uh, okay. I first of all, I wanted to have something a little bright, so my banner is yellow, and I wanted to show all of the companies I've worked. Well, not all, a few of the companies that I've worked for. So I have the the logos for DC, Marvel, Serverline, Malibu, and what I do in Anchor. Mm -hmm. So that's what my banner is. And then I've got my prints also hanging. Um, on the table, I have the books I'm currently selling, and those are on the, you can see them on the left-hand side. Th those were the cat and mouse books. And those are actually in um, a, a, a very nice portable little stand, which is actually um, a dish stand that you can buy from Ikea. It's a little... It's yeah, it's a dish rack, and it, it breaks down and it, into this tiny little box. It, it, it telescopes out, and uh, it makes a great book stand. Oh, that's cool. I have um, on the far right-hand side, I've got a, bun a box of old comics uh, from 1989 on. I always got a yeah. ton of comp, comp copies. So these are, these are like your, your back stock. Yeah, my back sock of stuff that you can buy if you want to. Uh, on the table itself, I've got portfolios with original art for sale. Okay. Um, I have clearly indicated what my costs are, and I've got a, uh, a, a print of Cat and Mouse, which is available here. Yeah, so that you, can, yeah. you know what I'm currently working on. And I've got little giveaways, which is the Make Mine Silverline um, yeah, the, the bracelets. Yeah, mm -hmm. bracelets. Oh, I got mine here somewhere. I meant to... And at the last convention, oh, yeah, this was Cleveland. I can tell it was Cleveland. That was um, Wizard World Cleveland because you, you see um, right there on the table um, a little bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> that was the last convention <laughs> yeah. I went to before everything shut down. This, so. this is what I carry. Uh, BJ fixed me up a little bottle of this yeah. and I, I carry this little hand sanitizer with me. It, it literally goes in my little uh, uh, cash bag that I take with me. Now what you don't yeah. see is is tucked behind there is a cash box and a, a PayPal mm -hmm. uh, app that I can I use to swipe. I, I can't tell you how much I love that PayPal. It's a one-time uh, deal. You purchase it. It's like 25 bucks one-time price and it you can either do a chip reader or swipe it um, and it dumps money right into your PayPal account. Yeah. I use the uh, uh, Square device. You get heard of the use. Square? Yeah. The yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I learned. Um, all right, Brett. Uh, pop up uh, Con Roland there. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about mine a little bit. So um, so for, uh, for a long, long, long time, um, I did not, uh, I mean, just books, you know, I've always felt that that writers were a little uh, kind of challenged at conventions because artists can always bring these big portfolios mm -hmm. that have art that they can look at, and so uh, writers were always a little bit challenged. But uh, I found this uh, rack. This is about the third rack that uh, I tried, and I like this one because it, it it will flatten. Now it won't 
shrink down anything smaller than that. So I end up with this big square. But uh, the other two that I had used before this, uh, they would not even uh, collapse at all. And that was tough carrying just a big box around. Um, but what, I, I really like this rack because, as you can see, I can fit several several rows uh, of comics on it. Now, this this was um, this was a couple years ago. Well, this is probably two years ago. Um, where because you, you can see cat and mouse is out, but I still have my my tiny banner, um, and I'm completely out of the Wizard of Oz and and Huckleberry Finn now. But I like the rack because uh, what it does is it gets uh, it gets the books up in the customer's eyes as they walk by. Um, I found a lot of times they're either going to be doing one of two things. They're either going to be looking down and not at me at all, or they're going to be looking back at the banners as they walk by and not see anything at all. Uh, and so I, I like the rack because it gets the comics kind of up in their eyes. But other, another thing I like about the rack, as you can see, can't really see anything here, but it gives me space on the table that I can actually put some stuff, right? So I keep like uh, behind the rack, I keep like my, some pens, some signature pens, the ink, the, uh, the Sharpies. Uh, I keep a tablet back there. I have my business cards back there. When, when Rather than just having them out, you know, uh, making a mess on the table, I kind of keep them behind the rack. So it gives me a little space there that I can, um, I, I can kind of use as a table, right? Um, and then what I like to try to do is spread uh, books uh, from one side to the other side so that they're always there. I do try to, as you can see the cat and mouse there, I do try to uh, put two stacks, like two, two little stacks of the, the newest thing that I'm trying to sell. And I also, uh, I, I must not have been completely finished setting up the table here because there's like the gap, there's the notebook, and then there's the two other books in front. And I usually I like to have them side by side by side by side. Uh, plus, I put that notebook up front for an email list. Um, I did not used to do that until I think Barb is the one said, let's do this. And so I put a notebook out there and started collecting uh, e email addresses. Um, this is this actually this is from the this is from the uh, Kissimmee show that I'll be doing again uh, that has not been canceled yet for August. So um, the last I talked to him, he said, nope, we're still on. Um, it's in August. So fingers crossed oh and this is the one mike that that was on the same day as is pikeville okay uh, i wondered yeah i figured yeah yeah um but it, before pikeville changed there was pikeville and then there was Kissimmee, and then pikeville changed and well i already committed yeah we didn't change we got changed no I, I, yeah <laughs> um yeah and, and that's kind of what happened to uh, daytona beach uh, comic con is is i think they kind of university kind of changed them yeah. And so he just said, we'll do it next year. And um, yeah, so it's kind of, kind of a, kind of a bummer. Um, okay. Let's see. I think I saw another question before I get into the next question for y'all. Um, so Royal Airships, what's up Royal Airships? He says, um, um, all right. So let me, uh, Jose Fuentes says uh, in Orlando, um, yes, the Kissimmee show for me was uh, the Kissimmee in the Orlando area. Brett, you can take my, my, my con picture down now. Um, and I'll be there in, in August. Uh, but Royal Airships asked a, cu a couple of questions. He says, how much does the table cost on average? And then he says, what kind of swag is good to have on hand? Do you have a max amount of dollars to spend on it? Do you set a max amount of dollars to spend on it? Uh, anybody want to address the, the, the table cost? I mean, I, I have an idea 
Um, you know, it actually depends on the convention. For me, yeah. I mean, if you go to smaller conventions, you can get them for like hundred dollars seventy five. Um, if I go to Rose City, which is Portland's biggest one, uh, I think they were like two fifty. I think now they're three hundred. Yeah. Because yeah, it's it's very spendy. I'm just always like, you know, I'm hoping I break even. Um, yeah, but I mean, just but you're compensating for the amount of people that are supposed to show yeah. up. That's yeah. I think See, the I, last I, time I paid for a table was a few years ago was 350 for a Wizard World here in Madison. Yeah. All the local uh, shows yeah. comp me, so I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've done shows where I've paid 100 well, probably equates to $150, and I've not made anything close to that back. It's been that yeah. bad. Yeah. And I've, I've done shows where I've paid 300 for a table, and I've smashed that. Um, yeah. just, yeah. I've never lost money. Let's well, it, it, I will say this: it, it really is always a crapshoot. There, there's, yeah. there's. I mean, obviously, if it, if 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 we had a guarantee, uh, we would all be in a different business because we would be prognosticators, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's no way to know what a show is going to do beforehand. No. There's just, there's just. I mean, you can speculate, and and if you've been to shows regular, you can kind of say, well. You know, for the last three years, I've done X amount of dollars, so I'm probably going to do around yeah. that this year. Um, I, I, yeah, I think I think the worst show I I made a forty five dollar profit for like two days, mm. and the best show I made probably a couple thousand. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I know that there are some smaller shows, like little one day shows, uh, in in our area that I know you. I've seen tables. I've seen them advertise tables for like twenty bucks for creators. Um, but those are the kind of things that are held in the in the back room of a, a, yeah. a comic shop uh, that have you know maybe one to be very now something that you want to keep in mind something you want to keep in mind for those out there that are are, are are talking about getting a table is that you can't just count the cost of the table mm-hmm. into your expenses you have to count, right. count the cost of the gas or the right. airplane ticket you have to count the cost of your food and your lodgings so. Everything that you spend, you keep track of. Now, I, I keep track of them because I take them off of my taxes. It's a business yeah. expense. So I keep a receipt for the gas money that I spend and any lodgings that I do. Um, if your table expenses, anything that you spend to get to the con or to make the con happy uh, happen, your swag that you give away, all of that goes into the cost of your convention. And then with the profit, you, you take, or the money that you make, you take off of that what you spent and then whatever's left over is your profit that's what you actually made yeah yeah and i mean to give you a reference when i went i used to get tables at that second genesis con i talked about earlier they were 40 dollars for a table for one day yeah now when you do when i paid the 300 dollars, that's a three-day convention so if you break it down that's like 100 bucks a day so yeah we, we charge 50 uh so besides the show, we are we try to be economical for exhibitors and uh, the like. We think uh, you know we yeah. want more people on the floor. Are yeah. you are you uh, do you usually do one day conventions or more, like weekend conventions? Uh, the last one was a day and a half. We did a Friday afternoon okay. show and, and a Saturday, but we charge the same. Um, and like I said, it, it seems to be very popular. Uh, yeah. and, and most cons around here are a little bit more expensive, about sixty to seventy five for the same table. And then yeah. the bigger shows are 150 to 200, but but yeah, we we we, we you know we're you know, I, I just yeah. think we have too bad a crowd for a fifty fifty dollar table. Yeah, uh, no, no, it, it's it's uh, yeah, it's good. And you know, I I kind of I will say this uh, in my entire career of doing shows, um, 
the 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 best shows I've ever done um, are have been one day shows in New Orleans. And 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 here's here's my theory as to why. And I'm sure Mike has more experience, so he he, he can probably address this more. But uh, but but this particular show charged one dollar at the door. Now, admittedly, these were in the early '90s, uh, and, and convention prices weren't what they are now. But they were still like you know, you, it, it cost you 40, 50, 60 bucks to go to a show, right? Um, they charged you one dollar to get into the door. And I asked the the convention because I knew the guy who who ran it. I asked the guy about it. I said, so why do you just all these other shows? They're charging you know twenty, twenty five, thirty bucks. You're charging a dollar. I said, can, can you tell me why? He says, well, you know, I'm also an exhibitor in there. And he goes, in my opinion is this. If uh, he said these, and he said kids, he said these kids, kids who come have a very limited budget. He goes, if they've got $20 and I take 15 from of it from them at the door, because they've only got $5 to blow at my table, right? Mm. He says, if I, t- if I take a buck from them, he goes, they got $19. They can spend some stuff with me, spend some stuff with you. He goes, I just want them in. I want them in the door. Uh, he said, but he, he said, I said, well, why don't you just offer it free? He said, well, my experience is when he said, what we've tried, we've tried to do free shows before, but for some reason, people perceive those as not having any value. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing there if it's for free. So we charge a dollar in the door, you get in the door and then they have a lot more money. We, I, I, this is one of those things that was, you know, like, I don't remember the exact hours, but like a, a nine to five kind of thing literally no time to get up and use the bathroom that's how many people came through there uh, and you know was it because it was a dollar i don't know i don't have any clue i i, I don't know i can't answer that but it is helpful because i yeah. actually uh that's my i always have a hard time and they charge like i think rose city is 40 to get in for three yeah. you know, for one day yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, but if you somebody comes with like $60, spends 40 and then gets something signed by a celebrity, when they finally come into the main hall looking comics, they have a lot of them have spent their wad. They're just yeah. coming with the brows. Yeah. 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 Uh, Eric Dotson. Uh, hey, Eric. Eric Dotson says that Dragon Con is $400 plus per table. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that is the thing. And, you know, when I hear someone say $300, you know, I think, man, how many, how many books do I have to sell at $5 a piece? Yeah just to make a $300 table, right? Yeah. Again, because, you know, without, like, you artists, you know, you can take original art and you can sell. You know, I, I, I you know, uh, well, I think it was Daytona last year. Um, Tommy ended up selling, and I don't know, I don't know how much he made, but Tommy ended up selling, like, eight pages in the last hour of, uh, eight pages of original art in the last hour of the show. And he goes, well, that more than paid for, for me here, which, you know, it was a Tona, so but you know he did great, but because he sold some original original artwork, yeah. Um, and so it's you, hard. You, oh, go ahead. Sorry. You no, know, I just say it's hard when when you're selling books, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to to make that happen. Especially um, your own stuff. You, if you're selling your own unique properties, it's almost twice as hard because nobody knows what it is. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, which I think is the reason, you know, we've talked on this show, uh, on this show, on our shows before about the pitches. And this is the reason I think those are so important. You have to have uh, your pitch down. Uh, you know, so one of the things that, that the Royal Airships ask, he said, what kind of swag is good to have on hand? Any, 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 any thoughts uh, for that so kind of thing? 
Chocolate? Chocolate, yeah. Candy works. If Yeah, strangely enough, I, and I saw a kid's book. So I've gotten lots of, you know, nothing draws the kids in more than candy. And they're like, oh, look at the book. And so I've actually gotten sales that way too. Um, so that's my, so I'm actually the man in the white van with the word candy. <laughs> <on> the <side. laughs> but it, it seems to where people seem to like it. Of course, I spend most of the time eating the candy and then I've got a sugar high. And so, <laughs> yeah. So th- there's a local, speaking of uh, sugar highs, there's a local um, creator down here, Walter Osley who uh, does a really good book called um, uh, Shiver Bureau. And um, I've, I've come up to his table and caught him literally falling asleep before. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> hey, dude? And he goes, I ate too many cookies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the sugar, because I've offered him sweets before. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I'll, I'll fall asleep. And I have seen it actually actually happen. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, the, the biggest problem about uh, swag is, at your table is the expense of the swag. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you can't, when someone says, well, you know, you can't really, you can't give out comic books left and right. Cause you're giving out, you know, $3, $3, uh, per comic, uh, prints are the same way. The prints don't cost as much, but you, you still, you, I mean, you can't really just hand those out because that's just like handing the money. And so yeah. many people will come by your table just to get the free thing and not look at anything else. Or not buy um, anything. Too. Or not buy anything. I, I, I tend to prefer to have the stuff on the table. And when someone engages with me, then I'm more inclined to say, hey, do you want to you you make mine silver line bracelet, right? Uh, but if I don't want just want to hand them something free as they walk by because they're going to take it and throw it in their bag. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, then I'm just thinking, well, I've, you know, I've, there's 25 cents that I've just thrown away. And they're probably know? never going to look at, they're probably no. just keep it yeah. in the bag and toss it. Yeah. Tell, you, tell you what is popular. I found business cards. Everyone loves taking a free business card. Yeah. <laughs> you never hear from them that yeah. everyone to take a free business card. What the card. heck? No, no right? I have What's two sets. I have two sets of business cards. I have I, the business cards that I give out to professionals, which is got yeah. my cell phone, my email address, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I have a set of business cards that I give away at my table because I don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry yeah, having yeah. my personal cell phone number. But I do have my websites. Those and, are very pretty, Roland. And Thank other information, what I do, um, my deviant art page, so they can go and look at nice. my work, stuff like that. So, yeah, I definitely have um, one set of business cards for conventions, yep. for giveaways, and one set for professional use yeah yeah i'm still and, going through my business cards and i print pictures in the back so my information in front and the back's a picture yeah but i've actually thought because there's they're relatively cheap to make making like yes. multiple pictures in the back you can actually create your business cards as trading cards i've seen people do that you i can have choose actually what done you that on the back. because uh of a sense um because my cards the backs of my cards there's one yeah there's another and whoop, that was the same. Oh, and then there's the there's the last one. Right? Yeah, see that stuff's fun because so, then you can yeah. like people like want to look through it and get theirs. Yeah, yeah but the other thing see, is, they, I, I've seen people pick up the, all three of them. I'm like, you don't need three of them. What the hell? Yeah, I know that. Now the back of mine, stuff. the back of mine, have got these uh, smart doohinkies where you can yeah. scan the phone. It'll take you yeah. right straight to the website for my portfolio and my experience. QR code codes. Yeah, mm-hmm. QR codes. Thank you. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think those are those are a great idea. I, I think business cards are probably, as Pete says, I think those are probably the most uh, sensible, economical thing that a creator can print. 
and 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 have uh you know have give away at the table freely you know just put yeah. your social media links on there you know put your name and your social media links they come by they're going to take it up you know and they may or may not chase down your links uh but if they do then they've chased down your links and, and they've yeah. got a little card mm-hmm. you know um i don't know that putting your phone number and your, your email your mailing no. address and all that kind of i don't know that that's just the, the best thing to do but you know yeah is that is that what you've collected yeah or, oh are, are, are we gonna go there <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> really? yeah. are we gonna go there oh my gosh barb oh come on we're gonna hear the beep beep oh. of rolling backing in his truck <laughs> 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 yeah uh okay so here's one stack okay just give me a second here's another stack all right Here's another stack. This one's held together. Whoop! This one's held together by a clip, right? They keep falling. Uh, I think I can pick all these up. Here's this stack. Uh, oh, wait! This doesn't count. Sorry. This is my little. <laughs> this is my little notepad here. Uh, now, this is what I used to use. You'll you'll appreciate this, Barb and Curtis. This is actually. This is my Rolodex, Rolodex. from from, uh, from the Malibu days. Uh, uh, I just when I left, I just yanked all the cards out and and took them with me. But this is actually my Rolodex from Malibu. Um, and then I also have um, these two things, which is how I used to keep all of my business cards. Right, I used to keep them all in, in little mm-hmm. things like this. So, you know, you open them up and you can see oh, yeah, a, yeah. a card. Yeah, I don't keep them like that anymore, as you can see, because I have way too many. I think I even, I think I found that I've got, uh, I had a, a, a Terry Collins, uh, Gaijin Studios. Uh, I, I found a, a Jim Shooter card in here. Lynn Ween, uh, Steve Wilhite, you know, Jim, yeah, Jim Shooter. Found a Jim Shooter card. Um, yeah, so... You know, it's yeah. funny that you can also, if you don't want to give away swag, I make a lot of swag to give away when somebody buys my book. If you buy my oh, kid's yeah. book, you get stickers and a bookmark. And then I made a print of my comic book goblins. It didn't sell well. But once I started saying like, look, if you buy four issues, I'll give you the print. Then I started yeah. getting sales. So yeah, people mm. like that too. Yeah, That's a well, neat idea. It is a neat idea. Um well, like recent, recently, um, and I'm talking like within the last like year, I went ahead and I think probably at Daytona is when I started it. Uh, I went ahead and, and made up some uh, uh, some prints from, from some of the Silverline stuff. And I had someone approach me later on and they said, why you – because I, I, I think we talked about this on a – I don't know if it was after hours or, or on one of our streams, but um, you know, it, I, I'm a, I've got $5 on the prints, right? And because for me, I'm not this. I'm not trying to make money on the the prints. I'm trying to get fans to pick up a copy and put it on their wall. I, I want them proudly displaying Silverline titles and artwork on their wall in the same way that they would, you know, Spider Man or Batman. Mm. And if they come by my table and they see, you know, a, a, I love you, Barb. But if they see a Divinity print for twenty bucks. And then they see the guy right over there who's got a Spider-Man print for, for 20 bucks. They're probably going to opt for uh, for Spider-Man unless they're a fan of ours, right? Um, Absolutely. 
So, uh, so, you know, I, at $5 a print, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get them to put it on the wall. And what I started doing is like, okay, if you buy any, if you buy a book, you can, you can get any of the prints for a book. Yeah. Again, I want them to have Silverline prints on their walls framed so their friends can see it when they come over after quarantine is over, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they can see it and say, what is that? I want that. That looks really cool. You know, well, Roland, I, I remember back when we were at Malibu, you know, and I was your assistant. I mean, there was, do you remember Rob running water? We had this, we uh, yeah. had this group, this group of fans that were just so hardcore and Roland made sure anytime a new poster came in or a bookmark, or whatever, I would send it to them in a manila envelope and the, the brand loyalty that we were yes. getting out of people for that, you know, yeah. and it was just one of my regular job tasks. I mean, it was really Roland impressed upon me how important it was to get these things there because if it's on their wall, they're going to see it. They're going to talk about it. And it was just an ongoing yeah. thing. We, we were really good to the band. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, I still believe that to this day. I, I, I still do because I think, again, the brand loyalty, I think that, that you know, once we get there, um, you know, we're going to have people that are going to be like that, you know, and we've already got some, I mean, we're, we're, the, the family is growing. You can see it on some of our streams, you know, uh, much love to some of those out there. They go, oh, man, uh, you know, so, so, so we've already got some of that. And so I, I, I like that idea. Um, so how do you engage with someone? Okay. If, if you're a professional uh, sitting at the, at the table, how do you engage with the fans, the customers, the people who come by. John, how about you? Well, I mean, you're alive. <laughs> yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> no, I was saying this is what I you think. say to them. Zachary's alive. No, no, no. Um, it all depends. I mean, sometimes, it, like if it's a cosplayer or something like that, and they kind of stop, you know, I compliment the cosplay. Yeah. Try to kind of. I'm very socially awkward, so I try to get creative with how I actually like, you know, communicate with with folks. Um, I have to be careful if they ask the same questions that I hear all the all the all the time, not to get snippy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you draw all this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long did this take you? Right. Uh, yeah. Do you do these for free? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We draw my dog. We draw my. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should do tattoos. Have you thought about doing? Oh tattoos? yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah. count how many times. <laughs> I always tell him, bend over. I'll do one for you right now. Can, can I get I, you to ink my my pencils? I don't have any money, but I'd love to have your inks on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've actually been an apprentice in a tattoo shop, so. Um, but uh, I think just try to find out what they're into and kind of try to figure out a way to uh, mold it to get their attention on something that I've done. Yeah, I'm very conversational, like you. I. I will compliment a cosplayer, or, you know, hey, what you're doing, and but they look um, very conversational. And one of the other things I do too, if people walk by, I always have stuff for people to flip through, look through. So I always tell them you can touch and flip through anything you want. Mm. Once you, yeah. and I can't, and it's funny how many times I've seen that breaking the ice. They'll be looking and like, well, I'm like you can look, pick it up, look at it. You can look at anything, and then immediately once they start looking at it, then you can get a sale. 
But that I've or, seen that more like inviting them, like no, engage with my booth. They just don't want to buy and look at it. Yeah, I, I try to. to. I had to teach myself. Yeah. To be social because I'm not naturally like that. Yeah. Well, don't and, you hiss at customers? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, well, and I mean, you know, I was supposed to do that. Not. <laughs> yeah. You have to force yourself to be to be sociable if you're yeah. if you're an introvert and. You have to actually teach yourself how to do that. And first few conventions, I couldn't bring myself to look somebody in the face. <laughs> and you you just have to finally tr- uh, try to catch their eye, smile at them, mm-hmm. say, oh, I like your T-shirt or, or something like that. Just yeah. anything to get them to turn their head and look in your direction. Yeah. And once okay. you've got them looking at you, yeah. then they're going, then they go, oh. What what is this? You know, yeah. And then you can engage them in conversation, or say and say, "Oh, feel free to look through my stuff." But um, on the opposite side of the scale, I was at a convention recent. <laughs> I was at a convention recently, um, and the guy next to me was just like so over the top. He was practically leaping over the table and dragging them into this table and forcing <laughs> yeah, them to look at his stuff. Hey, I have a comic book. You have to see it. Come here. Come here. Come here. And I'm like, dude, you're just gonna you're just gonna alienate them, and you're gonna push yeah, them away yeah. from my table too. So shut up. Yeah. Hmm. We had a guy mm-hmm. doing that. I was you know selling kids books. There was a guy about two tables down selling kids books, and he would literally hold the book out over the table, and just like people walk by, he'd like follow them like in their face or whatever. And I'm like, did he sell books? Yeah, but are those people going to come back to his table? No. And that's I don't want to, you know, people are like yeah, but I got the money. It's like yeah, but you're not going to get that repeat sale because if somebody yeah. did that to me. I may take it or whatever, but I'm not coming back. I'm staying away from Annoying. your table. I don't want to do mm-hmm. like that. So. Do, do any of you folks, um, just, just kind of, I'm curious, do you kind of pick and choose who you do it, or is it just anybody going by, you're going to try and kind of make that? that anybody walking contact? by, you've got to try to get them to make eye yeah. contact with you. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And it, it's just either smiling or say hi, have, have a good day, or anything like that. Just say yeah. hi. Yeah. Just yeah, anything to make actually, them turn and look. I've actually found out that it's like if you got a whole lot of laughter going on in an area mm-hmm. at a convention, it gravitates people over. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So if you're like, yeah. I try to, I try to like carry on conversations with folks around me, um, and uh, try to joke around or whatnot. And you you also have a loud and contagious laugh. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I've been to shows with you, and I've heard you laugh. I can hear you. I can hear you laugh from a row over. You know. <laughs> the and, and, but the, you know, there's the opposite too. The, the one of the the um, dangers is I you know strike a conversation, say hi to him, but then you have many a guys who come over and start talking to you about their stuff or what they're into, mm-hmm. carrying on a conversation, and I see all these customers pass by yeah. that I can't. So yeah, it's yeah. always that catch twenty two. And I mean, I don't mind talking to them. But sometimes they want to be your best friend. You want to be your best friend like that, and I'm like, nah. Yeah, and they want to tell you this great new idea that they have for a series, and they go through the entire (laughs) thing. And you're sitting there the same probably as me. It's like, what do you want me to do about that? Yeah. Well, I think that's where you have to learn, and it's not easy. uh, But that's I think where you have to learn to say, hey, you know, I don't mind. uh, You know, I don't mind carrying on the conversation. But would you mind shifting over a little bit so the other people coming up, you know, can can see my books as well? Yeah, if it's somebody who's got a table, he should know that you're there to sell stuff too. So they should know if somebody walks up to kind of step off. A lot of times they don't have a table. 
they're just mm-hmm. someone coming by wanting to talk. And I'm kind of like Aaron. I don't, I don't mind talking to anybody, yeah. but you know, I, if you're standing in front of my table the whole time, people are going to walk past without looking. And, and so if you want to sit there and talk to me, get over to the side so that people can still come by. And Look. if I engage in those people, don't try to talk over to me engaging with those people. You know, I'll get back to you just as soon as they're gone. But Or yeah. you can get super lucky and the two customers will start talking to each other and you. And then you can, <laughs> yeah. and I've had that happen before yeah. too. It's yeah. like customer one, me, customer two, talk, you know, yeah. so. I'm lucky. Uh, I used to be a waitress for years. So I treat it a lot of times like I'm waiting tables, but instead of going to different tables, they're coming to me. Yeah, so cool. I always try to welcome them like that. Just do you have a notepad to take down the order and stuff too? I do. I do. <laughs> I'm like, how do you like your eggs? Uh, <laughs> Runny. Yes. Mike, were you about to jump in? Oh, I, I was just listening. Oh, okay, okay. It looked like it looked like you were like, I, I want to say this. I want to say this. Um. Uh. What about um? So so how how do you? Okay. So we talked about engaging them. So how? Are there any things that you say uh, or avoid saying um, or you intentionally say in order to get them to engage with you? (laughs) 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 I think you just got to be friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Becca laughed at something. Well, I just like instantly thought it's like, kind of like asking somebody's like how do you get a guy to like me it's like you don't know there's like people everybody's different so like you kind of have to like take that quick judgment and like try to get the eye contact like how am I gonna interact with this person like right away in like the first few seconds that you see them to try to get them over okay so so this this leads me to a question then okay I, I know we live in a society that we're not supposed to uh be prejudgmental and all that kind of stuff but 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 do you when you see uh, uh, someone approaching your table, do you go through a, a mental list, uh, a pre, uh, you know, do you look at them and say, that person's not going to buy my comic? Oh, you can usually yeah. tell. You can usually tell, yeah. Yeah. You can tell who's not going to. I, I do phrase certain things, like instead of when I'm, when I'm people talking about the book, I've noticed that instead of like, um, you know, like the books are $10, you got $10, you can add the book. People don't like to be pressured. So I always just say like, you know, if you're interested, the books are only $10. And yeah. you use the word only, if you say only $10, mentally, it makes them go like, well, that's even cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dumb enough using the word only actually does that too. So yeah. yeah. The only people that I don't actually try to engage uh, and I make a prejudgment on are cosplayers who are really really into the cosplay and you can tell that they don't even have a purse on them yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah they're not there to spend money yeah or you, you know? don't want where the money's coming from i've seen yeah. cosplayers who are, who are who are totally i mean they have spent a lot of money and a lot of time on yeah, there yeah. and that's the, all they're there for and they have no bags they're not carrying any bags yeah. they're not carrying a purse i can't see where they're going to put a billfold um or, or a comic book right or yeah, comic yeah. Book. so where are they going to put it it's just useless to even try to engage those people yeah we I've have one cosplayer. cosplayer oh sorry Mike? go ahead oh I, I've, I've never sold to a cosplayer i've gone by the table but I've, I've never and i've, I've never seen 
anybody sell to a cosplayer. So. Nope, me either. Yeah. Oh, Becca, you have? I mean, not like, not like a professional cosplayer, but like somebody who like dresses up for it. But I feel yeah. like a lot of what you really need to look for is like anybody who has a bag. Like you're kind yeah. of looking for people who you see they've already bought things. So not necessarily, yes, they have the money or like they are willing to spend the money. So those are usually the yeah. people I try to engage. Not that people are just walking by with nothing. Like people with backpacks, something like that you try to engage with. Yeah. yeah, we have one guy cosplays as some guy from a video game, and he comes almost every convention. And I don't, I see him every convention, and I don't think he buys anything. He plays a radio on his costume, as some built in radio. So he plays all this like 60s and 70s music, and he sits around and just, he'll snap his fingers and dance. And I'm just like, you, so, you see, I mean, I mean, to each their own, but I, it seems weird to me to spend the money to go into convention to not want to buy anything or look around, but to just show off your costume. But that's just me, so I mean. Yeah, I've actually seen some cosplayers, if you pay attention, there's somebody following close behind that's actually got the bags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The assistant, yeah, I yes. I, I gotta, I, 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 oh, Eric, you gotta explain this. Eric, Eric Dotson wrote, we have a system of using each other to scrape them away from the table. And I will say, <laughs> I want to know what the system is. This sounds really interesting. Uh, I will say that, you know, uh, cosplay, cosplay I, I don't ever plan to, to sell to a cosplayer, but for all the reasons that have been, been mentioned here, because I just don't think they're there to buy. But, but having said that, they don't bother me at shows. I've seen some people like, oh, I hate cosplayers. I hate you know, They don't bother me at shows, except when they stop right in front of my table and begin yes. to take a thousand pictures. Because yeah. because what they've done is they've done just like we were talking about earlier is they parked themselves right in front of my table and no one can now see my table. It's like I don't mind if you want to take pictures, go to the end of the aisle to take pictures. Yeah, you know. Well, and uh, backing up on that a little bit, you're right. I, I don't mind cosplayers, and you you were talking about how to get somebody to stop at your table. If there's little kids that are cosplaying. Mm-hmm. I will ask if they would mind if I took their picture. And that stops them in front of my table and it stops their parents yeah, yeah. Right in front of my table. And I will take photos on my phone all day long of little, little kids <laughs> cosplaying. Yeah. yeah. What do the parents say when you hand the picture to them and say, that'll be $10? <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many times um, I will do that. And then the parents will say, can so I get a picture of you with my child? And they'll have yeah. the child yeah. come back behind the table and take a photo of us and then they'll look at what I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually don't have an issue with uh, politely asking cosplayers to move if they do that. Like, listen, I'm trying to sell things. Would you mind doing yeah. this somewhere else? Yeah. I don't have an issue with doing that, but then again, that also goes to me being a waitress and having to kick people out. Like, <laughs> so, like, that to me is like, I've been in uh, customer service so long that it's second nature to me. Yeah. I've only had yeah. to threaten to uh, do a truffle shuffle once. <laughs> That's a threat. Oh. <laughs> I have a friend yeah. that went to a convention in, in Tokyo, like an anime and manga um, and they actually have a whole wing area where people can do the photos, but they are not allowed to do any photos in front of the convention center or inside the main floor. That's wow. nice. So really? Completely yeah. dedicated space. And my friend said it was awesome. You, for the people that want to look at the uh, cosplay, you go right there. Everybody's there taking yeah. photos and all that. That but sounds awesome. Else, nice flow of uh, traffic and everybody's respectful. You know? Yeah. 
the thought. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> that sounds very cool. Yeah. Uh, would that would that more uh, American shows uh, do that? I will say that sometimes if a cosplayer, if they're not dressed well, like if there's a lot of skin showing and we all know the cosplayers are talking about, I will, if they come to my table, I'll try to engage them. But I always feel kind of like, like hey, come to my table. I don't know. I always feel, it always puts me a little, a little off ease. Um, you know, if, they, if they're wearing a cosplay that's somewhat revealing and they wear a coat or whatever, but I don't know. I've had a lot of, teenagers that dress in some of the costumes from anime or whatever and anime costumes are very so a little awkward sometimes <laughs> when yeah. they encounter those yeah. yeah it's funny there's i've seen cosplay or i've seen cosplay rules at different conventions about weapons and actually uh the two things about weapons and 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 don't be you know sparsely covered yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly how they worded it, but you know, there were really kind of only the two rules. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, so what else about uh, conventions? I just noticed the clock is ten thirty-seven here. So, uh, any other any, anything that I didn't ask that you're like, Roland, why didn't you ask this, man? I have conventions. Convention stories. I went to a convention in Salem two years ago where the power went out. Freak accident, car hit a pole with the transformer, knocked out Great. power. It was a one day convention, but I was lucky because we were in this big convention center and there was this huge doors that opened outside. My booth was right next to the door, letting in sunlight so people could see my stuff. But everyone else, there were people <laughs> like with like like their camera lights, like shining lights on their table so people can see. It was just, <laughs> it was horrible. People That's actually weird. talked to people and they go like, "You were at that convention? Like apparently it's famous now." So yeah. That's that actually, funny. I totally forgot. I was at another convention as a fan, but it was so insane because there was this massive storm. So a three-day convention got all grouped up into one day. Oh, wow. And uh, I think it was a villain con or something like that. I don't, I don't honestly remember because like walking up where you had to like climb these massive piles of snow just to get into the convention. And it was just like, everyone that they could get in there was in there and it was just like your stand it was like a quarter of the size of new york city comic-con with what felt like the same amount of people oh it was horrible wow yeah um i think you were behind your table (laughs) no that i was a i was a fan at i think oh okay uh i think my friend and i lasted maybe like 20 minutes before we we can't do this anymore Uh, if you're, I have some advice. If if you're a professional going to a convention, try to reach out ahead of time and sign up for as many panels yeah. as possible because you want to get your face out there. You want to get in front of an audience so people get to know you, um, and it's a great way to meet other professionals to network. You yeah. also have an opportunity after hours to network with other professionals. If you're not a professional. Take this opportunity not just to go there to buy or to hang out on uh, the floor, but go to seminars, go to panels, because it, it, you can learn a lot uh, from listening to pros talk. Yeah. So make use of everything available at the convention. Don't just yeah. focus on one thing. Don't just focus on that one celebrity that you're going to go, go yeah. see or that book that you want to buy. Take advantage of all the 
the panels and the seminars that are available to you. Yeah, it's not, it's not unusual that at, at those panels, um, you can often talk to the panelist after the panel yes. a lot e- a lot easier than you can actually on the floor. Mm-hmm. Becky, you said you had a question? Yeah, um, as you sign up for those panels? Mm-hmm. I've never done it, so... Well, if you know, if you know the organizers, you can put your name out there and say, "Hey, um, email them. Say I am willing to be on any panel that you think I might be uh, uh, good to, to be on." I've I've done that many times, and or I mean, I've been contacted just as often to be on them. But I've also turned right around and I knew the people who were running the convention and, and say, "Please use me on any panels that you think I might fit." Yeah, yeah, that's that's good advice. I've never, yeah. I've never known any. I don't know anyone to do that, but I'd be curious. I got to find out who's in charge, and then eventually you can run into people, know somebody, know somebody, get you on a panel. Well, I was, I, I usually try yeah. to to pitch the panels when I when I go to a show. I usually reach out to the convention organizers and say, "Hey, you know, I can certainly if there's more Silverline creators, I can put together a Silverline panel, or you know." Hey, let me know who's on the. I can put together a panel about writing. I can put together a panel about independent yeah. comics, especially if I if I already have an idea about who their guest list is. And I can say, hey, I know these people here. And I can put together a panel. Any of these people would be good on it. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it's smaller can, conventions will often ask the people who they know are going to be um, yes. their guests. Do you have any ideas for panels? Yeah, and yeah. then you can put your own ideas for right. Oh. That's cool. I got to get big enough to become, you know, be a guest instead of the guy who pays for the table. Mike, how do you guys? Uh, how does how does Pikeville put put together panels? Well, uh, you know, last year was the first time we did them. Um, sure was. Yeah, and, you know, for my, yeah, you know, for you know, people wanted to see them. Um, you know, there was kind of a lot of interest once we actually did them. But as far as you know, topics. You know, I'm I'm, I'm always from the point of view of, of of seeing what you know what the creator has to say. You know, yeah. and I think most people that come to cons that go to panels typically want to hear ideas on creating comics or yeah. you know where do the yeah. ideas come from where do they you know did you go to school to to draw right. do you you know what kind of software do you use to you know do the coloring and, or, and you know that kind of thing and i think yeah. you know that's kind of where we start at and kind of get an idea of you know what does the audience it, you know what are they trying to be informed about and yeah that's kind of like so that's where i started with yeah yeah, I, I found that uh, they don't often want to hear as much about the books as we want them to want. want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they want to hear more about the process, you know, than how you make it. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't tell me about cat and mouse. How did you come up with the idea for the cat mm. and mouse? How did you make it, you know, happen? And it's like, but I want to tell you about it so that you'll go buy it, right? <laughs> um, um, anything else? I could just kind of, I, I like what Barbara's saying about kind of trying to get a, a full lay of the land. And it's something I always have to remind myself at cons is, you know, manage your expectations, but be open to the possibilities because cons are just amazing. The things that end up happening, you know, you may have yeah. your intended purpose while you're there, yeah. but you may see a panel and hear something or, you know, like I, I went to um, a Dave Gibbons panel once and it was just insane because he said something as an artist that just blew me away. He said, you know, art isn't about replicating something he says it's about how you see things you know he yeah. said even at his level of experience he says he has this catalog of faces and bodies and props and things that he just recycles it all the time and he said even him as an artist he's trying to break that down and when he looks at things or just less place tries to see things for what they really are 
And then yeah. that's just that little nugget of information just blew me away, just totally informed yeah. how I see art, you know? And that's what's so great about conventions. Those, those yeah. Moments, you know? yeah. yeah. I, I, I think conventions are um, obviously because, you know, what we do is we, we sit in our, our studios, our rooms, our desk or whatever. That's where we do our work. We, what we do is a very, uh, a very much a solo um, yeah. uh, adventure, right? I mean, we work alone at our desk and we work best alone, right? We, it's like, not that we don't want people around us. We're not complaining because we, we want to be yeah. alone and do our thing. But, um, you know, I, for me personally, I think these, these streams have been good for me because this is a way to get to, you know, sort of hang out with uh, others of like mind. Uh, but I think conventions are a lot that way. I look forward to, to the conventions, obviously to promote the, 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 the works, but, um, I look forward to conventions to see other creative people, to see and and say hello with them, hello with them, hello to them, and hang out with them, and and you know probably go out to grab a, a dinner with them to talk shop uh, as as it were, and and you know swap swap comic stories and comic making stories, and and yeah. that's one of the things that I, that I really look to forward to at conventions, and so um, you know part of the thing that we really teach at Full Sail. Hey, business cards. That's right. Uh, we really teach a full sale is networking because, um, you know, th there, there is the truth that a lot of creative people don't like. And, and, you know, I, I'll say even, you know, I, I, even as long as I've, I've been doing it, it's like, I don't, I don't really like it either, but they're really, the truth of the matter is people want to work with people they know. And so it's, it is all about who, you know, um, Yes, you've got to be able to, to do the thing that you're doing. Um, so you've got to be able to draw. You've got to be able to write. You've got to be able to, to letter, whatever that is. You've got to be able to do that, yes. But, uh, you know, I guarantee you, uh, uh, artist with talent at 90%, uh, artist A with talent at 90%, artist B with talent at 90%, equal, everything equal. I know this person, guess who I'm going to want to work with? Yeah. I'm going to want to work with this person because I know them, right? Um, well, assuming that I know them in, in the positive, right? There's a couple of people I know that I'm, yeah, no, 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 I'm not working with them. <laughs> we won't mention those names. Um, but, you know, so so part of what Full Sail always preaches is network, network, network. It's all about getting out and networking. Um, and, and, you know, the the I used to have, as part of my class, once a month, I would have comic book writers, because it's a writing class, I would have comic book writers uh, answer questions from my students. And then at the end, I would ask them to give a, a bit of advice. And I will say almost unanimously and, and slightly worded differently is if you know who Frank Thierry is, you'll know how his language, right? But basically the advice was always don't be a jerk yeah. um, because nobody wants to work with the jerk. Um, they just, you know, they just don't. They want to work with people who are fun. I mean, it's comic books for Pete's sake, right? I mean, haha, I can't, I got to be careful saying that now that we have an actual Pete, right? That's Cuba school. That's literally, literally the first thing they teach you is. Yeah, day one. Don't be a really? Joke. Day, day really? One, yeah. One, one, don't be a don't, joke. Well, they, they have really? a more colorful way of yeah. saying it, but yeah. 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 <laughs> so did Frank Thierry, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the first day, huh? Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I don't know um, about Pete, but yeah, my first day. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, Fernando came in and 
Yeah. Yeah. I go to Portland has a lot of the the networking, the, the meetup sites. I go to a lot of meetups and stuff. There's a lot of ones in Portland that are um, for art and stuff. And I go to a lot of non, non um, comic book ones. Most of mine are just regular artists, graphic designers, whatever, but you never know where, where opportunity is going to lie. Right. And it also helps if you're introverted, go out and start meeting people who are into art and it starts to break it down. I've become less introverted. I've become much more out, like yeah. a little more extroverted and it helps if a convention to just calms you down. So I'm not so nervous meeting people at conventions and stuff. So yeah, you got to get out there and practice yeah. and you got to get there and practice with people like yeah. Yeah. Of people physical. The first yeah. San Diego comic-con I went to uh, every uh, two times a day, especially at the end of the day, I'd go back to my room and have a panic attack. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's bad. <laughs> but I got used to it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it my my family laughs at me when I say this, but I I I and and you guys may laugh too because of, of streaming. But <laughs> Brett, man, that was, that was not nice of you. <laughs> that's called timing. Ouch, ouch. I know. <laughs> Brett says nothing, but then ding. <laughs> oh, singer. Bomb. Yeah. And the thing you don't you don't know is none of the, no one on the stream could hear that, right? Oh, they yeah. didn't hear Brett, right? Um, uh, anyway, the, the I'm I am an introvert, uh, but but you know when I tell people that they're like, oh no, you're not an introvert. I'm like, no, but I am, unless you got me talking about comic books. When you put me yeah. in the world of comic books, I'm not really an introvert because that's my world. That's where I feel comfortable. That's where I feel. That the 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 people you know um, can speak my language. You take yeah. me out of that situation, and yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a total introvert. But uh, is that why I'm missing Kyle so much? You're missing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, but I, so so let's just you know, going back to to what we're talking about. Let's just look at the stream, okay? Uh, so Curtis and Barb, I've known for years and years and years, right? Uh, when, when the, the whole when Silverline first you know was, was kicking up, uh, talking with Dean, Dean says, "Hey, Barb's been doing a lot of inking with me." I'm like, "Hey, I've known Barb for a long time. I haven't talked to her in a while. I've known her for a long time. Let's you know, let's reach out." It happened because we knew each other. Uh, you know, getting ready to build Silverline, I reach out to to Curtis. You know, same thing. Known Curtis since the the 90s. Uh, same same with Mike. Uh, I've known Mike for for since the late 90s. Uh, Mike and I had never met up until until recently, face to face. But the same thing. I reach out to Mike. Hey, this is what we're going to do. John, I meet John through Dean Zachary, right? Doing a show in Memphis, their hometown. Dean says, "Hey, you got to take a look at this guy. You know, he has some pretty good inks. He's looking for for inking stuff." And John was on the radar, and and it was timing too, right? We just happened to have something that needed inks. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, John, we we on the spot didn't we the the same weekend i met you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, but see again john john knew dean and mitch uh mitch faust and uh and, and jim hall those three guys there all three of which i've known for years and you know they're like hey he, he's a good guy you need to you know uh yeah dean <laughs> dean and mitch pretty much put me took me under their wing so yeah um and so so becca and pete then is uh, is alex right mm-hmm. um you knew alex alex was a hey i'm i'm gonna vouch for these people you need to take a look at their stuff and 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 you know see what they've got um and 
you know, that's how that happened. Now, Aaron's was a little different. I, I don't yeah. remember. Uh, I, I don't actually remember Aaron how. I'm not sure how we met either. I uh-uh. I can't remember if it was. I don't. I don't. I've never met you in person. Mm-mm. I honestly can't remember if I sent something into you, if I saw something, whatever. But I remember. Maybe so it's a possibility. So here's a secret. I, I don't know that anyone I've ever told anyone especially on on an official format Mm. so when marvel came in and fired everybody uh i had a stack of submissions from people that i liked and but it just didn't have any work for right i mean there's there's those uh, oh i like this work let me hold on to it in case anything ever happens maybe that was i i walked out with those (laughs) (laughs) those i i i i had all these submissions that uh, of, of artists that i liked and I just took them with me when I when I left. Um, yeah, those those came home with me. So I reached out to a handful of artists that way. And and you might have been more in, in that yeah. stack because the timing is 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 makes sense as to when it all happens. I don't yeah. know if that's the case or not because uh, I just I think I, just I don't did remember. do something for Marvel. I, I can't remember. It's been did, a did while you ago. well? The question would be: Did you did you submit any? any samples to Malibu comics at all? You know, I think I did. Well, then that, that, that's, that's, that's probably a high probability there because like yeah. I said, I, I walked out with a huge stack of, uh, of submissions that had been sent to our office. Yeah. Um, I think, I think now that I think about it, I think I did send, send stuff. Yeah, because I remember that was like I, you know, yeah, it's funny. It's almost weird. It's like I know you. Do you know how we contacted? I don't know. I just yeah. know the dude. I mean, he just Roland is always around. I mean, the guy just won't leave. He's just never, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been told that too. Yeah, Royal Air- Airship says uh, um, uh, when you and I met, I wouldn't have pegged you as an introvert until you said so. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, but but, you, yeah, but but Royal Airships is because we were talking comics. I, I already knew yeah. I was meeting you to talk about comics, and so yeah, I, I already knew I was kind of in in that world. So um, so speaking of the way things happen, you know, uh, uh, Pete, can you show us that uh, kind of a, a bigger Brett? Can you give it a little more room on the page um, there? Maybe maybe uh, about two thirds of the screen. Um, can you zoom in on that a little bit? Then we'll pop over and, and look at Beckett stuff. Uh, wh- can you tell us that. about this page, Pete? What is it? So this is the double page, uh, page two and three. Two and three? Page two and three. Two and three. This is where um, our hero, Champ, enters this burning room and is meted by Pistol and Nim. Uh-huh. Nim and Pistol. Okay, I have to yeah. ask you, as an Englishman, did, did those names mean anything to you? Um, as a man that studied theatre quite a lot. Uh, oh, excellent! Uh, even then, no, it didn't. Oh, uh, you <laughs> wounded me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, uh, Henry, Henry V, right? Henry V. Henry V? Excellent! Very yeah. cool! Okay. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, I've just been trying to get Pistol or Nim down, really, just trying to give him a cool or a stuggish gangster sort what's of look. With the, could I ask what's with the bear, or is that part of the story and can't be revealed? Um, so the reason that Champ's run into this room is that he's um, he's trying to find the baby. Got uh, it. Okay. And he's in the nursery here, and, he, and uh, Nim's holding the, the t- baby's teddy bear because he's that much of a bastard. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and this is page two and three. So we will have on one page one. We'll have seen the the building. I'll show burning. you. Do you want to see? Do you want to see the rough of page one? It's not finished yet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to see that? Great. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I just really got to do the. Got to do the uh, the, the, the established establishing oh, shot of the city. Oh, I've, cool! I've and I've got to do the burning building on the second panel. Barb, what do you think? You want you want to eat the series? This is sure. just the roughs, Barb. This is just the roughs. Yes, I, I saw a couple of your uh, other pages. Yes, excellent. Cool. How about cool, that, cool, Pete? Cool. Yeah, I'm chuffed to that. Thank you very much. <laughs> very cool. Sweet. I'm happy. Get a, I'm I've just got to get hold of some paper. I can't get hold of paper in the UK at the moment. Um, really? So what I do is, yeah, you can get it from Amazon, but you have to pay an awful lot for shipping because I think it's coming from America. <laughs> um, the shop's open tomorrow, so or uh, today. Today, I didn't time. know we were hoarding paper. I use the Strathmore paper, and oh, okay, um, yeah, I just can't get it. The shops aren't open, and the art stores online don't yeah. seem to have it. So, so are you doing all this digital then right now? The, the, my roughs are always do digitally. And I just okay. put them out as a blue line and pencil and ink over the top. But this time I just pencil, it's fine. Um, but it's just means because I've got more time. I'm just waiting for the paper. I just, my roughs. Well, I've, got a, I've got about 5,000 pages under my belt. So I can, I hope I do <laughs> I it justice. I was going to say. I think you can do fine. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to speak for Barb, but I mean, uh, I'm, I'm guessing she could probably ink over your pencils now. digitally. I want to work old school on his. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get out of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with it. I pencil, pencil pretty quick from here because the rough, the rough's pretty tight now. So okay, um, it, it doesn't take that long. Cool. But, um, Those pages look great. Yeah, just got. To, I've got to draw the. I, I left the city to last because it's going to take ages. So and I I. I'm, fairly certain i said this uh in an email between you and i but please do make sure you're saving uh, uh copies of those somewhere oh, yeah, so that yeah. we can yeah so we'll just use those from our for our extras when we do kickstart yeah. and things. Yep, yep those make uh any of the sketches and pre pre-page stuff those those are great for that so okay excellent um my pages my people got rearranged did we lose somebody no, I guess not. Uh, uh, Beck, Becca, pop, uh, pop yours back up on the screen, please. Oh, yeah, she's gonna have to kick you. <laughs> I kick you. Yeah, Peter, we're, we're done looking at your stuff now. Thanks, though. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I keep telling myself I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, because the idea, my idea for this is to kind of rotate through them, you know, on a fairly regular basis. But I get distracted with the, the oh, conversation, yeah, the and I, yeah. and I, and I, I forget. If you look, I'll stop. Let me just stop sharing. Okay. There we go. All right. So, uh, Becca, tell us uh, what we're looking at here. And... I don't know. Can you Whoop. see it? Can you see oh, it? Yeah. I, see, I see a black screen. Uh, yeah. I saw a Red Rider image come up. This real is quick. Nightfall. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like John Burns' blizzard scene, right? <laughs> I mean, I know you like to use ink, Becca, but you need this kind of calm down a little bit, the amount of black. You know? <laughs> Just a little uh, bit. Uh, Brett, are you having problems? So, no, it's just solid black there. Yeah. Um, there it is. Actually, I don't remember what page this is. I think it's like four or five of something big. Excellent. Um, I'm working on right now. Uh, yeah. Look how the bricks came out. 
uh, one of the bricks came out. I know, I know, I like how the bricks came out. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. you said yeah. one of the bricks came out. I'm like, what? Just oh. one. Just one. <laughs> yeah. So, and and something big is uh, for those looking on. Something big is a spinoff of. Um, Sid, it's written by Sid Williams, and it's a spinoff from uh, the Scary Book. Um, the the lead character in something big, and I forgot to say anything about the the Pete book. Uh, the lead character in something big was a a secondary lead in the scary book, and he's a detective who talks in third person that will just make you laugh. Um, and so it's book, Columbo, and Pete is very very much like that. Uh, and Pete is working okay. on the we we mentioned it at the top of the stream, uh, the as yet unnamed champion and Miss Fury. And for those longtime readers of, of Silverline and Cat and Mouse, you'll recall Champion um, made his first appearance, I think, in Cat and Mouse number. John, if John's still listening, he'll correct me. I want to say it's Cat and Mouse number three. Actually, um, do have the. Uh, oh, look at the wow, scary book. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. I actually do, do have the, the old, so you can see maybe some of the inside. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I still have my copy. Very cool, yeah. Hey, uh, I did that cover. That's scary book logo. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And there's a really great picture of Cindy Williams in here, very young. But yeah. I'm not going to torture him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't mind doing that. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, Brett, did the uh, merch. Uh, thank you, Becca and Pete, for sharing the art. Um, Brett, did the merch pictures ever load up for you? Okay, pop some of those up there. So uh, I think it was Royal Airships that asked us not too long ago, said he wanted a Silverline mug. And so um, our CEO slash merch store specialist has been working, uh, has been hard at work putting together some stuff. She's put together, I want to say four or five mugs, as well as a Silverline license plate thing. Which looks really cool, you know those little the little rims that go around the the plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She 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 uh, she's got one uh, work that says uh, uh, w, it says Silverline.com, and then at the bottom it says Make Mine Silverline. So, um, right. I'm not seeing any of the pictures. Okay, give it a second. Oh, there's the first one. Uh, can you pop multiple ones on there? Just kind of drop them on, or do you, can you only show one at a time? Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So that's the first one there. You can see Silverline will kind of wrap around it, but that one had uh, Demon. Um, that was the Alex Gallimore Demon that appeared on the bookmarks that we didn't quite make for the last uh, stretch goal, which I hope we make this, this next time. I had, I think I, I had one printed out as a sample, but I can't seem to find it here. Um, and then that one's just the Silverline logo. Yep. Um, we'll put the images up awful slow. Okay. Yep, there's one. Uh, now you can see with mouse. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I know that she was working on or trying to work on a Divinity one with uh, with Barb. So... I don't know yes. if that's I don't know if that's one of the ones that she she got finished or not. There's the license plate. Huh, isn't that cool? <laughs> blow, blow that one back up a little bit, Brett. It's hard to read the the silver line. Yeah, she was going. She was using the Kevin West yeah. piece. Yeah, which was Beautiful. which was really nice. 
Fine. Yeah, cover up our faces. That's fine for now. Yeah. Oh, I gotta have one of those license plate things. I know they look cool, don't they? Yeah. I didn't even know she was doing that when she goes, "Hey, look at this." I'm like, "What? No way!" Okay, now I need one. <laughs> I gotta get a mug oh, too. There's the other one. All right. So I don't know. Uh, did she get? Did she get the divinity without the background image yet? So I, because I don't see that. There's no other ones. Okay. Um, well, that one's in the works. I know that to be the case because she has talked to me about it. So. Uh, so there you are, Royal Airships. Now, these will be uh, up on our merch store, and I'll put a link to the merch store in the... Uh, the um, uh, Roy says, uh, Royal Airships says, I'll be buying at least a few of those. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for for desiring them. Um, and I will make sure that I thank uh, our CEO and merch store specialist. Um, she's, I know that she's going to be doing uh, quite a few more with characters like that as she gets the images from us. So um, all you artist guys, help me out. Um, we can get some images to her. She can she can add these to them, so. Um, well, all right, well, it is already 11.05, so I guess we need to uh, close up the shop here. Uh, don't forget tomorrow night, uh, we're having uh, Silverline 101. Uh, tomorrow night, we will be talking with uh, Sniper and Rook uh, creator and longtime uh, Silverline number uh, number one fan maybe for uh, uh, many many years, uh, John Medic, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, to John how he, you know his life story, how he got into comics. Uh, I'm probably going to uh, quiz him a lot about his letters that he wrote to Cat and Mouse. If I if I can find the time, I'm going to dig some of them out. Shh, don't tell him that. But I may dig some of them out and show uh, show some of those, uh, and then we'll talk about Sniper and Rook, and we'll be talking about some of the plans that uh, that John and I have been talking about to integrate Sniper and Rook into the whole um, Silverline uh, Silverline world. So um, that's uh, Monday night. That's tomorrow night. Wednesday night, then uh, the Wednesday crew will be back here, uh, and we will be talking. Um, we're going to back to craft. And we're going to be talking about writing, the uh, creating well-rounded characters. And then we'll talk about the same thing um, as the Wednesday crew talks about next week. We're going to talk about uh, creating well-rounded well characters here next Sunday. So uh, let me make sure I didn't miss any more questions before I get everyone to tell us where you are. Uh, Silverline stream is run. Oh, never mind. Uh, uh, okay, I think I got all the questions. Um, okay, Becca, where can everyone find you online? Online, okay. I almost said New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> I, I really don't think you want to give out your address. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, um, online, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Behance. I know you're going to say them, but I'll just quickly just do this. So on Instagram, I am comic underscore art um um behance is just my name rebecca winslow and twitter i believe is the same as my instagram but i could be wrong because i always forget it <laughs> yes and i will be putting them in the in the information uh, on our videos here so that everyone can will have links to go to yes. uh curtis what about you where can people find you online 
Sure. Uh, I'm on Facebook. It's Curtis Fujita. That's Curtis with a K. And then on Instagram, on YouTube, you can find uh, you see my martial arts school. It's uh, Tiger Crane 805. And also on Facebook, Tiger Crane Kung Fu. And that's why we need to call him Sifu Curtis. Right. <laughs> call, call, call me the rage in Eurasian. That's all I need to <laughs> The rage in Eurasian. <laughs> I think that's our next Silverline comic, right? There we go. <laughs> John, what about you? Where can people find you online? Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook, um, uh, John Vampire Martin. Um, you can find me on Patreon under the same name. You can find me on um, Instagram. John Vampire Art. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I believe it's John Martin, John Martin Art or something like that on Twitter. All right. Uh, Barb, what about you? Where can people find you online? Um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. You just look for this. Barbara Kalberg. I'm the only Barbara Kalberg <laughs> on the internet. Um, just left over from a con, by the way. Um, and if you want to Google Barbara Kalberg Deviant Art, you can find um, some of my art online and see some of my previous stuff. I don't think that's one of the links you sent me, is it? Deviant Art? No, I, I just I forgot about it. Okay, but well, I mean it's easy, me, I easy enough to yeah. easy enough to Google me. So yeah. Um, well, I, I have what I have. Just so all of you know, I have a, a Word document that has everybody and all their links that they sent me. And then what I do when we're over, I just copy and paste over those and then just delete whoever wasn't on the show. So that actually works. keeps it really easy for me. <laughs> yeah. It's K-A-A-L-B-E-R-G and I'm the only one on the, on the net. So I'm very easy to find. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the way I remember how to say your name is my son loves to eat kale, right? Oh boy. <laughs> kale. He, he, he likes kale. And so I just remember Kaleberg. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I like kale okay. chips. Yes, that's what. Yeah, that's only what if they have lots, lots of spices on it. Yeah. Like yeah. See, my, my son is talking in our ear, and y'all can't hear any of it, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pete, how about you? Where can people find you online? Um, it's pretty simple. Um, Peter Clinton Art, and you'll find that under Instagram, primarily Twitter, Facebook. And if you like free comics, um, every Monday I post a new chapter of a comic I do on Instagram. And oh, cool! It's published under Room Twenty Three Comics, and it's just a uh, it's a little short thing. Every every week a new chapter comes out every Monday. It, did you send me that link too? Uh, I doubt it. No. Okay. I can, well, send, I can you, send it to you if you want to send me that link. I'll be happy to add it to um, yeah. to the whole list of links that uh, we do here uh aaron what about you where can people find you online uh find me on facebook on humphreys illustration uh humphreys is spelled h-u-m-p-h-r-e-s um instagram at a-l-h-3810 that's my handle and then i have a website humphreys illustration my portfolio site and then i have humphreys illustration at big cartel which is my store Am I, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Oh, my webcomic <laughs> at um, Webtoons. You just just search up Godlings and then it's been posting on there for a while. I know we got a link to that one. because you sent me that, yeah, so, yeah, you did get that one. Uh, thank you. And Mike, what about you? Where can people find you online? 
Uh, you can go to my website at amkcomics.com. It's got a link to my Instagram, my Twitter, and my Facebook page. And my comic, Man in the Mask, updates every Tuesday. So, you know, give it a try and check it out. Excellent. Uh, and I'll have those links if I don't already have. I don't remember, I don't remember the Man in the Mask link, so uh if i've got them they'll be there but all the links uh you can find me on facebook at roland man and you can find me on twitter at man roland uh and be, but, but before we go before i say make mine silver line and and, and and sign off brett go ahead and toss them up there i want to explain this to everyone because i've been saying things and i'm not sure that everybody got them but one of my favorite classic cult movies is is um kind of waiting for the pictures is flash gordon and uh, so you can look at the screen now if you can see the stream. And when I saw John Martin, that was one of the first things that Dean. <laughs> that was one of the first things that Dean said to me. He goes, Lord have mercy. Doesn't, doesn't he look like Voltan? I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, he does look like Voltan. And that's why we say Gordon's alive, Gordon's alive. right? Zachary's alive because I just pictured John Martin saying that. And and so for those of you who are watching the stream, you get the picture of Voltan. Uh, it was played by, by Brian Blessed, uh, another English fella, played by Brian Long, Blessed. Long Blessed, yeah. Yep. And um, so anyway, uh, love you, John. <laughs> okay. Good night, everyone. We'll see you night. next time. And remember, make mine Silverline. Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.